living the American nightmare, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. You are now listening to... Notes from the Underground. Observations over strange times, with your host, The Narrator. third time just a regular man am i that far off yeah yeah you're way out sorry i was That's used to right. our little jamboree thing where I had to be way <laughs> but uh nothing new i mean literally nothing literally i mean nothing. as with everybody right now that i know of nothing is new might be buying a snowboard really yeah that's about it i need to do i need something to do in the winter months yeah. that isn't inside like, I used to go hiking a lot, but now I live where I live, and it's just, like, I don't feel like driving 20 minutes before I go hike. Like, right, I just, right. I want to be hiking. <laughs> as soon as I, like, having to drive through traffic to get somewhere to hike is, I don't know, maybe, like, takes whiny the fun as out shit. Of it. But, yeah, it's it's just, <laughs> yeah, for some reason, it takes the fun out of it for me. But, yeah, how about you? Same. Nothing new. Just working a lot. So... Like, what? I need ice hockey or snowboarding or snowmobile. <laughs> I'm stir crazy and it's only January. Like, we have three more months of this crap. Yeah, it's it's getting into the part of the winter that I don't like. You know, it's it's the long stretch now between uh, New Year's and spring. And it's getting into, like, the hurt your bones, like, part of winter. Yeah, dude, a week before Christmas. Okay, so as of this taping, the date is... Saturday, January 8th. So like a week before Christmas, it was 60 degrees outside. And for the past week, it's been like 10. (laughs) It's like, and it's weird. The more, the colder it gets, the more outside stuff I seem to have to do. Yeah. At work. work. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it never fails. Furnaces just start crapping out left and right. So you're trying to do electrical when it's, eight degrees out and your fingers are just they're over it they might as well not even be there you might as well be working with stumps right i don't know maybe i'm just being a whiner <laughs> i digress well whatever so in the last episode when we were talking together we talked about dunning kruger and and polarization and we're going to kind of continue that go a little bit more in depth on that so just continue to pull a thread of why we're getting more tribal right i mean whether it's purposeful or not i mean this demoralization process is already underway and right has taken hold i mean i don't know that <laughs> i don't know where i stand on thinking like the Marxist Leninists are out to get us red scare kind of like, isn't that funny though? Like it's what was, when was the red scare? The fifties? Yeah. 50s, 60s. In a way it's almost like there's like a new red scare on, you know, sort of, but the thing is like, we're scared of a thing that looks much more like ourselves right this time around that's a good point that's you know, a good point they've russia's become much more capitalistic we've become much more socialist right like 
are we really just angry at what we see in the mirror or what, what's <laughs> going on with I, I i mean i don't know that they're our enemy in russia right now yeah i think that's kind of misguided anger and and kind of low-hanging fruit so to speak for the media just an easy string to pull to our you know emotions right. as americans you know especially our generation you know growing up in the 90s like every enemy ever in every movie was always the russians uh-huh. you know it was always the evil russian hockey team or the evil russian this or that you know i don't know what threat they pose to us directly outside of you know our allies and stuff maybe militarily you know with ukraine and, and right. oil access for europe and things that are way more complex than i should ever speak on well the argument that the right makes is that the left are communists <laughs> i mean to the modern day right it might be a hot take but like 1990s republicans are communists now so right. it's like <laughs> The line keeps shifting to the point where, like, nobody even knows where they stand to begin a discussion. Right. Like, right. I don't even know where I... I just call myself politically homeless anymore because it's, like, I have some libertarian stuff, I have some left-leaning stuff, I have some right-leaning stuff. Like, I, there's no one party that has my... Right. You know, all of my interests right. at heart, you know, it, it's... That's where I am too, you know. I again, I'm I have very libertine libertarian disciplines, you know. Yeah. But I don't identify, you know, as a libertarian. I don't identify as a conservative or a republican. I'm not a democrat, I'll tell you. I that mean, much. a lot of in a lot of ways like a lot of the libertarian stuff is like utopian pipe dream I, as I agree with know. that actually. I really do. Um You know, it, it kind of goes back to the human ego once again. Yeah, you can you can dream all you want about, you know, not having to have regulations on businesses. Okay? Yeah. But if you didn't regulate businesses, dude, the water would be way more polluted than it already is. Yeah, we and, already supposedly regulate businesses. Right. And look where we are. Look what happens, you know, so... I'm not arguing for government overreach, but at the same time, I recognize the fact that you're never going to get a perfect society where everybody's like, no, I'm not going to fuck up the water or I'm not going to ruin the, the environment in the area or, you know, work my people 23 and a half hours a day. And you know what I mean? I'm, you're never going to, if, if you had unfettered capitalism, it would be just like the 1920s all over again. It's crazy that with as much information as we're exposed to, like there, there, we have no excuse to continue to act on our like own worst interest constantly with everything. It seems like. <laughs> like, I mean, maybe it's just my fatalistic view on things right now, but it, it just seems like there's, not a single thing I can look to that we're doing right. Like, hey, we really got it figured out there. Let's keep going. Yeah. You know, like, woohoo. I can agree with that. I, it, I mean, I think I'd really have to think 
Like, what we, as a species? All right, all right. I got right, one thing. Maybe not as a species. We just launched a satellite to, like, the Lagrange Point 2 so that we can basically look, like, billions of years into our past. That's pretty rad. I don't know anything about this. The James Webb Telescope. It's, like, a much more advanced telescope than Hubble. And a Lagrange Point is basically a... I'm an idiot, people. <laughs> Lagrange point is basically a point between two planetary objects or two just objects with a huge amount of gravity where it's basically neutralized and you can put something and it'll stay there kind of locked in between those two objects okay and we're gonna stick a satellite there and Lagrange point two is basically puts earth in between the satellite telescope and the sun so it's in complete darkness well as dark as you can really get it like it still even has a shade on it okay but it's made of like i think it's 18 hexagonal panels that you remember the foible with hubble where like they essentially had to go up and put glasses on it because they ground it wrong right okay so they had to have this one's going out far enough that we'll never be able to touch it again really so they had to build in kind of fail-safes where every one of these panels is completely articulable. So you can move them, you know, on three axes, as well as there's like a motor that can pull on the middle of the dish and change the concave and convex of each panel of the mirror. Really? So this thing is going to be looking for like the faintest objects in the night sky we're looking at the like basically looking back towards the big bang even further really you know looking back towards that 13 billion year mark or whatever it is that's kind of that line of where we can't see anymore whoa how far out is this thing going uh let me look it up real quick i know it's it's i want to say over a million miles holy shit distance thank you google oh 1.5 million kilometers i don't know kilometers i'm yeah i'm an american right (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah yeah a million miles it's a million miles yeah oh my god So, so yeah we'll never be able to retrieve that thing no and there's already been memes of like you know, the first images come back from James Webb and it's like a sticker that says, please remove before launch or something. <laughs> you know, it's just like, <laughs> well, what's the one that the probe that they sent out in like Voyager? Is that that where they gave they put like a gold record with Chuck Berry and shit on it? Yeah, the golden record. Yeah. OK. Yeah. And that one actually just did something cool somewhat recently, too, where it ent- entered heliopause. Now, what is that? It exited our solar system so the heliopause is kind of like that area outside of our solar system where like you stop getting radiation and solar winds from the sun and you start getting them and well the surprise was like the radiation levels dipped in its readings and then started to spike again as it started getting intergalactic radiation really instead of just radiation from our own 
sun. Now, from what you've read or heard, was is the intergalactic radiation like more intense than solar? Yeah, it seemed like it. Well, yeah, at the outer reaches of our solar system, yeah. Really? Like, I'm sure it's, you know, way more intense nearing our host star. But yeah, I mean, once it got to that heliopause, like I said, they saw a dip. And then they thought it was going to continue dipping to nothing, you know, in intergalactic space. But then it kind of spiked back up. Wow. Which was neat. That's really interesting. Once again, I'm an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, I've been seeing a lot of articles lately, especially, but about, and I hate the headline because the head, I should know by now not to get like panicked, but I read a headline and it's like asteroid to fly by earth. And I'm like, Oh fuck. Right. (laughs) And and they're like, Oh, it's coming so close. And meanwhile, it's It's like like 10 million miles away. 12 earth moon distances (laughs) away. It's like, we'll we'll be all right. The thing is like the scary ones, like I think it's the ones that come from the Oort cloud that like, because of Jupiter, I don't know. I'm probably butchering this, but (laughs) Because of some reason, we won't be able to see them until it's, like, way too late. Right. Yeah, and it's just... Yeah, don't, they come from behind the sun, isn't that why? That's what it is. Yeah, they yeah. come from behind the sun, so so the sun, they're essentially, like, in shadow until the last moment. Yeah. Yeah. But they'll have a really pretty tail. Dude, that terrifies me. Like, it's gotten to the point where... And this is just my overactive imagination, obviously, but it's gotten to the point where if I'm watching something about space, if it's, you know, like, oh, this is what Jupiter is, I'm fine. But if it's like, this asteroid could potentially destroy the Earth, I'm like, I can't watch this shit (laughs) because it just freaks me out. Okay, the idea of a molten ball of iron falling out of the sky that's like a mile wide oh yeah fuck dude not even molten frozen so it's just hard as shit well wouldn't if it was a comet though right but if it was an asteroid asteroids are iron yeah but they're still frozen wow fair enough what is it like what what's the temperature of space i think you can consider it chilly (laughs) <laughs> as a michigander it's a little brisk <laughs> i don't know what the vac. i mean it's a uh, turn you to i mean hard right. yeah carbon i guess pretty much instantly you could say that the temperature of space is cold as fuck <laughs> <laughs> pro science bro science all right, I'm. I'm just gonna look. I'm it genuinely up. curious. Yeah, because I'm genuinely curious as well. And I imagine that's whether it depends on whether or not you're in sunlight or in like right. the shade of the Earth. It probably fluctuates a couple hundred degrees. So, what? Or at least that's what the, the movies would have you believe. Temperature of space. What was that? The Chronicles of Riddick or something like that, where like the sun rises on a certain planet and basically just lights that whole side of the planet on fire every single day. It's I've so never close. seen that. Okay, according to Google, it's two point seven Kelvin. How things move quick hot things move quickly. Cold things very slowly. If atoms come to a complete stop, they 
are at absolute zero. Space is just above that. So space is just above absolute zero. Yeah. Okay. Uh, at an average temperature of 2.7 Kelvin, about minus 455 degrees Fahrenheit. But space is mostly full of, well, empty space. And that is from Discovery Magazine. Or Discover Magazine, I'm sorry. Yeah, that that that's that's cold. Four hundred and fifty-five degrees below zero. Oh. What do you think the wind chill is? <laughs> that's, Real feel. That's 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 how you know that we're Midwestern as fuck. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> wind chill. What's the wind chill of space? I know. Like it was so windy the other day. I saw it was like. 28 degrees but an actual feel of like six right like right. it was a huge discrepancy are you, are you talking about the day where it was like 30 mile an hour winds yeah yeah dude just you, for no reason i walked out of work and it was like it was seriously like getting punched in the face <coughs> you know what i mean you just you walk outside and this 30 mile an hour blast of frozen air just <laughs> right to the fucking <laughs> dome you know what i mean like again all right, whoever thought that living here was a good idea and decided to settle Michigan, and you know what? We can go all the way back to paleo time. Fuck you guys. That was a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> like, the whole Northern Hemisphere. Like, we got it pretty good here. Imagine, like, Baffin Bay, Canada or right? some shit like, like that. Like, we're, where it's um, just... where, like, Alberta, where the oil fields are at, hey, where it's, just like... Get... Two months of, like, 65-degree weather and the flies want to eat you to death. <laughs> and then it's frozen tundra. And, that yeah, in January, it's minus 45 degrees outside. Actual temperature. Actual temperature. I think the coldest I ever saw was, like, getting... Uh, it was, like, right near minus 30. It was, like, one of the coldest days in, like, Gaylord history. Oh, that was up in Gaylord? Yeah. I don't even know that that was the coldest place in Michigan at the time. It was just... Like, we had to borrow the hotel's power to plug in our trucks, and, like, we were pouring water bottles out, and it was turning to slush before it hit the ground. <laughs> like, it was intense cold. For as much as I hate being cold, I have this weird thing that I, there's a weird thing about me that I like to do. When it's, like, below zero, actual temperature below zero outside, I like to go outside in shorts and a t-shirt like basketball shorts and a yep. t-shirt and just stand out there and feel how cold that really is. Knives. You know what I mean? Knives cold. <laughs> Man. Now, I'm not one of those crazy people that will jump in frozen Lake Michigan when they, what is, what is that called? I polar forget. plunge or yeah, whatever. Yeah, polar plunge. Yeah. I'm not going to do that, but I like to go when it's, you know, four below outside, I'll go stand outside in a t-shirt and just feel it. You know, Ugh, I'm out in it too often to like get a thrill from it. <laughs> and the worst part is like, I don't even mind the cold. It's the fact that then I have to go in and work on stuff inside right. for 40 minutes and then sweat to death. And now I'm outside wet. Right. <laughs> and then, yeah, then it's back outside and freezing your ass off. <sighs> Knock on wood, though. It's been a nice year for snow removal. But I don't know how we... Oh, we got to space from a functional government project because that's it. I'll keep going on space. Yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, that was a cool conversation. Let's keep going on space. Dude, you got to check out and shout out to another, I mean, it's not a podcast, but YouTube page, Smarter Every Day. This dude, his dad's part of the program that made the James Webb telescope. Like, they're both engineers. Okay. This dude made an air cannon that can launch a baseball supersonic speeds. Really? To the point where it hit a catcher's mitt and spaghettified it. Like really broke the leather down into its individual like like it just (laughs) turned into spaghetti. Um, the guy's a fantastic engineer, but he he really documents the whole process of like how they make all the different components, how they're packaging it, how it has to fold up into something that can be launched out of our planet. Is sensitive enough that it can look back and see essentially how do they describe it if you had like your average flashlight on the moon right and looked at it with your naked eye and tried to see it that's what they're looking for like that dim of a light wow with this telescope (laughs) wow yeah like i said we're looking billions of years back in time with this thing that what we should be able to see with this that concept of oh, i don't even really know how to explain it but the the dimmer the light the further back in time it is yeah that concept blows my mind like i i understand it but at the same time it's like dissonant when i think about it you yeah know? like i can't really wrap my mind completely around that idea it's, it's light. like i'm looking at this lamp the light the right. light i'm seeing is from right now but if it's super duper dim then that <laughs> means it's from like 13 billion and you're still ago. seeing a static image technically it's not like you're seeing that thing rotate like you're not seeing the wavering of it right. or other celestial bodies moving in front of it or anything like that you're just seeing a single fixed point in the sky and and like the idea that you could be seeing a star right now that burned out 10 million years ago yeah but the light from the burnout hasn't reached us yet you know what i mean it's like so if you didn't know that concept, you'd just be like, oh, hey, look at that star. And, th- and then one day that star just makes a big bright flash and disappears. Like, I mean, 20 years ago, we thought Nova and Supernova were like pretty rare events. And it's just like, no, we didn't. I don't know that we didn't have the the hardware to see it. We just didn't have like the information compiling power to know necessarily what we're looking at. Right, kind of right. That's the fun part about material sciences advancing as quickly as they are in our age and having modern day Teslas existing on the planet at the same time right. as us. Really, you know, pushing the envelope on all of this. <clears throat> but going back to the fact that, like I said, this thing has to fit into a tube, get shot off of our planet, and withstand, you know, 10 times the G-force that, you know, a human body or any normal thing would have to feel on liftoff. Okay. And like I said, it's sense enough, sensitive enough to be able to see something that dim, survive that, and then get launched to a spot a million miles away, literally a million miles away. <laughs> like, that's not an exaggeration. That's like, like the figure is, it's so fun to say, a million freaking miles away. Right. 
to a place where we've just kind of figured with math that we can just put something and it'll stay there because of math and physics magic. Right, right. <laughs> it's crazy how they launch that shit that far out there, too, because they use, like, gravitational propulsion where mm-hmm. they'll... They'll send a, uh, a probe around a planet to use to to let the gravity of the planet launch it out. Yeah, like interplanetary ring toss kind of thing. Right. <laughs> there's a there's a new startup that's well, I don't know if they're new, but it's a startup that I read about the other day that's talking about using centrifugal uh, technology to launch rockets instead of you know propellants. Really. Just basically. The combination of the Earth spinning at a thousand miles an hour or whatever it is, and then, you know, putting it on a centrifuge, and then you just let the thing go, you know, spin it at however many RPM. And and it'll essentially just launch it, and, and it'll go, it'll have enough power, in theory, to break gravity. Yeah. Yeah, you wow. just throw it hard enough, and then you can use small amounts of propellant to direct it, or, you know, if you do the math right and launch it at the right time, you'll hit your target. Huh. Isn't that amazing? I mean, the crazy part is, like, our physics teacher, like, taught us the, the dummy-down baby version of this with, like, the the carbon nanotube tower and, you know, the donut basically using the Earth the Earth's centrifugal force to just kind of fling an object to the next planet that has a tower on it, and then that planet flings it on to the next one. Like, if you did sat down and did the math, you could absolutely just keep using the centrifugal force of a planet to fling yourself further and further out. Oof. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but you're talking like thousands, if not tons of thousands of years of material sciences. Right, and, right. And the fact that it probably wouldn't be humans that were flinging, because you'd probably just liquefy them. Could you imagine the test guy? Yeah, just insta stain. <laughs> as soon as they fire that centrifuge up, he just turns into pudding. Test subject one was jellyfied. <laughs> just a skin bag full of hip shards. Just, just astronaut pudding. <laughs> Yeah, you thought you space station cats had it bad with your little bit of osteoporosis. <laughs> Imagine being thrown through the right. bottom of your boot. What do you <laughs> What do you think Do you think we'll ever get to a point where like you'll have personal vehicles like in Star Wars or in Star Trek where you have a personal ship, quote unquote, and you can blast yourself off into space and hop from planet to planet obviously not any time in our lifetime i mean i certainly hope so i don't know what the likelihood is i mean it's all about us getting out of our own way and surviving like this really kind of tumultuous like pubescent technological teenage years of ours you know as long as we don't erase ourselves right you think uh you think the Mars colony is going to survive? I mean, I think if we can be patient enough to develop bots and AIs to the point where we can send robots to do the early terraforming for us, I don't see That's why not. That's a good not. idea. 
Like, I don't know why we would send humans to do the really early dirty work that's super risky when we can just wait a couple more years and send... Right. You know. What What do you think the odds are of, okay, like they send a, a, the first, the very first manned mission to Mars? and It's, it's not likely. Right. It's, that's kind of what I'm getting at. Like, it's, it's them not only surviving, but maintaining sanity for the entire trip out there. And then also, you know, 15 to 20 or however many people we choose to send out there, maintaining a unified sense of their end goal with all of this. Like, it, it, expecting ego and, and you know, uh, alternative motivations, right. you know, just the ugly part of that, that, uh, you know, not bipolarness, what's it called? The, 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 you know, just that evil lurking inside of right. every one of us. The, right. The, oh my gosh, brain fart, duality, duality of man kind right. of thing. Kept coming up with duopoly in my head. I was like, you're an <laughs> idiot if you say that out loud. <laughs> the duopoly of man. <laughs> the duplex. Dude, that has like you could write so many horror movies out of that premise alone. 100% you know what I mean um, okay okay imagine you're on Mars right yeah. you, you, you blast it off you're on that first mission and like one dude goes like serial killer insane yeah you know what I mean think of how awful like we both come from a small town high school Oh, geez. You get that one megalomaniac or that one egocentric fucking damaged kid and how big of a hell they can make, you know, that confined space. Imagine right. being... Like like Lord of the Flies, but on Mars. Yeah, like you get in a position where, like, a group of you have to come together to essentially murder this person so it doesn't <laughs> be the end of all of you. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I, myself personally, other than the fact that I think this world is seriously doomed and I wouldn't mind escaping to Mars, I'm going to stay here on Earth because right. <laughs> I think my chances here are better. Like, yeah, I, I'm cool with just like doing my best to flee into the woods and, you know, survive for a few months before I die of exposure. Right, right. Or, you know, starvation instead or what, what, of what have you potentially going insane on a foreign planet yeah <laughs> yeah or being locked in some weird urban hellscape you know cyber ghetto thing right <laughs> yeah dude i don't i don't ooh. and like if elon goes because doesn't he want to go to mars I mean, I think so. I don't know if he... Wa I, I, I don't know where he stands on him personally going to Mars. I know he always says he wants to see human man on Mars, but... That'd be funny if he was like, I'll send you, but fuck that. I'm not going. Yeah. <laughs> the world needs my brain. <laughs> Which, I don't know what we need him, but... Sorry. Pardon me. I'm certainly glad we have him. <laughs> it makes things entertaining, if nothing else. Yeah. Just the fact that that the same guy that is ambitious enough and is actively 
trying to put us on Mars for a new civilization tried to sneak past the troll of releasing the Model E, the Model X, but couldn't get the pat- patenting on the... Uh, or no, he has the Model S and the Model X, but couldn't get the patent on the Model E. <laughs> because, so he tried to have his cars be sex, essentially. <laughs> but Ford foiled his plans. Ford released a Model E? They have the Mach-E, or oh. whatever their, their horrible-looking electric vehicle is. But yeah. And then literally, like, designed his spaceships to look like something out of Spaceballs. (laughs) Yeah. He talks about that in that one episode of Rogan. (laughs) Make it more pointy. Yeah, make it more pointy. (laughs) (laughs) But then you got Bezos out here just literally launching dicks into the sky. Right, Dr. Evil himself. I, that has to be on purpose. I think it is. It has to be on purpose. It it has to be. It's literally Dr. Evil's dick rocket, dude. I mean, I know we talked about this last time, but it's seriously Dr. Evil's dick rocket. You know what? Let's, let's talk about him for a couple minutes. What do you, what do you think about Jeff Bezos truly? I'll tell you what I think about him, but I want to know what you think about him first. I think he is probably a a detestable human being. <laughs> you know, go on. Everybody touts like, you know, he started from, you know, rags to riches out of a garage and stuff like that. But I feel like I just read something the other day that he had a $500,000 investment from his parents, which I understand isn't, you know, like just starting with a million dollars, but it's right. not nothing. Yeah, I, I don't have a $500,000 investment from my parents. Right, <laughs> for my bookstore. For my bookstore, right. But he, and I mean, he is just a caricature, or not even a caricature. He's the anti-caricature of, like, a cartoon supervillain. Okay, now... And the more and more testosterone replacement therapy he does, the more cartoon supervillain he becomes. <laughs> that laugh he did. I didn't hear it. The Jeff Bezos laugh. If you get a chance to look it up, it is just like you can only laugh like that when you're a billionaire supervillain. <laughs> like that's it's so fucking on point. Like, if you read, if somebody were, were to write it in a movie, like, this is too over the top. This is, like, Leslie Nelson. This is, this is, like, airplane, you know, planes, trains, and automobiles level, like, slapstick. Okay. Ah, ah, ah. Here's Jeff Bezos' laugh. Hold on, it's got to load. Thank you, technology. <laughs> Come on, YouTube. What you want to be a chef. Maybe you want to be a dancer. I don't know what you want to do. I'm sure my boss is going to die. <laughs> <laughs> that is the laugh of an evil genius. <laughs> Just <laughs> laugh, bot. Ah uh, ah uh, ah. Uh. <laughs> yeah, that is kind of an evil genius laugh. I'll that man that. has had his central nervous system replaced with computer chips. <laughs> He is He's just, Elon's test subject for Neuralink. Dude, 
He is. He's like he got bit by the evil radioactive spider. If uh, you know to whatever Elon spider is, right. like they're the the antithesis of each other. <laughs> yeah. The yin and the yang. And maybe Elon's the evil one, and he's just so good at it, we don't know. Right. Ooh, that could be a fun twist. That could be a fun twist. When it comes to Bezos, I agree. I Definitely with, like, the cartoon supervillain thing. Yeah. You know, I, I, I definitely agree, and I, I would be willing to bet he's probably not. On a personal level, you know, like, if you were his kid... You'd probably hate his ass. You know what I mean? That's what I imagine anyways. But on the other hand, I admire what he's accomplished. I mean, shit, yeah. I mean, (laughs) dude, it would be sweet to have enough money for some idiot. Okay, if I was rich enough to where some dude in Michigan was talking about me with his buddy in his basement... I think I'd be pretty cool with that. You know what right? I mean? <laughs> I mean, maybe if it wasn't like them talking about what a cunt I am, <laughs> you know, like. And well, yeah. Okay. Fair enough. You know, like build some hospitals know, though, and shit, dude, like fucking do it, some cool shit with your money instead of, you know, just show us all your dick and be like, fuck you and shoot off to another <laughs> planet. You know, eat my farts as you launch yourself into the future. Dude, I don't know. I think if I had Jeff Bezos money, I don't even think I'd care if people were calling me a cunt. I'd be like, dude, I'm the richest guy in the world. What do you want? Second richest guy in the world. You can do so much cool shit, like create a dope-ass, like, fucking ocean city and call it Bezosopolis for all I care. (laughs) Bezosopolis. Just make it operate on fucking ocean plastic and just fucking (laughs) just start building an island out of that shit. I don't know. You got enough money to do all kinds of cool shit. I mean, he is doing cool shit. It's just... Dude, seems singularly focused to fight yourself into the outer atmosphere take a fucking selfie with the earth as your backdrop and fall back down. Right. Like, it's not even that cool. Like, it's, it seems like the biggest vanity project in the history of the planet. It's a giant, well, absolutely. It just seems like a giant, like, he might as well made it a middle finger and it just launches up so that all of the rest of humanity can see a giant middle finger launching to the sky and then it falls back down. And just, like, every quarter, he's just like, oh, Jeff Bezos is doing his quarterly fuck you to the planet. <laughs> Suck my rocket smog farts, assholes. <laughs> oh, by the way, thanks, Amazon employees, for shooting yourselves and, and, and you know, pissing on bottles and, yeah. and, and you know. And, and to what extent those stories are true, I don't know. I've never worked at Amazon. I don't right. know what the fuck it's like. I have no intention but, to work at Amazon either. Yeah. I I can see the writing on the wall what it's probably like to be able to do what they do. Right. As far as I click on, you know, buy it now and somehow it's there 29 hours later. Right. Is there a part of you, because I don't, I really truly don't. Is there a part of you that feels guilty for using Amazon? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this, uh, like to the same degree that I might feel guilty eating factory farmed animals, it doesn't okay, stop okay. me from doing right, it. Right, right, right. 
I love Amazon. I really do. <laughs> I don't like the things you hear about the company yeah. as far as the way they treat their employees. And honestly, like the two day shipping thing is great. Yeah. But most things that I buy off of Amazon, I don't need it in two days. No, I'm not shopping for like groceries. And right. Like- I, I, I myself, if, if I knew, well, even if I didn't know, because I could, they could do it right now and it wouldn't bother me at all. But if I knew that for a fact that Amazon drivers weren't having to shit in bags and piss in bottles and be apparently their timed on their deliveries, like they get X amount of minutes for, for certain, you know, each yeah. item or whatever. If I knew that they didn't have as much stress, dude, it would not bother me at all to wait five days for a package. No, like, it's for not example, that important. Right. If I'm on Amazon, I'm buying guitar strings or, you know, tooling that I don't, I don't have to go to a specialized store for. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm not buying, like you said, I'm not buying groceries. It's not life or death items over here. No, and it shouldn't be, but... They're trying to monopolize every purchase that you make in your life. Right. Don't get me wrong. The two-day shipping is great. Mm -hmm. It's great. I love it. But at the same time, I mean, what's it worth, man? People, you know, I'm all for hard work, but I don't like people getting worked to death. I don't want to be worked to death. No. There's more to life than work. Or... Let's continue working towards this, and this is controversial because that's going to mean like a, I don't want to say like a single payer economy, but like almost a, a moneyless economy, kind of universal basic income kind of thing where, you know, like that Star Trek utopic, we operate on such a, a you know, a surplus that nobody needs to work and we can just go do cool shit and explore space kind of thing. But like, why are we not automating those jobs? It seems like we're just keeping around to keep people employed for employment's sake. Like, we're getting to the bottleneck of, like, money and the job economy where it's like, we're just going through the motions to go through the motions so that this thing stays afloat and we don't have to massively retool what our economy is. Yeah. Because at some point, you know, as as utopic as it sounds, automation is going to get to a point where a lot of these mindless jobs where, you know, essentially you're pouring water from one glass into another or, you know, or retrieving a package from, you know, X and putting it in Y. Right. Those aren't going to be a thing. And that's such a huge a part of our economy. Yeah. You know, it's it's such a massive, mm-hmm. massive facet. I mean, what are we going to do? Like, yeah, I, I really do have mixed feelings about UBI. Me too. Because on the one hand, it would be great if... I'm trying to choose my words carefully. 
It would be great if I didn't have to work six days a week. Like, if you could literally just spend all your time and effort manicuring your property. Right, the farm, to farming. To be self-sufficient. Right. And, you know, you don't need to be a drain on, like, the 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 grocery grid, essentially. You know, mm-hmm. not everybody can have the luxury of being able to be self-sustaining, but if you were able to be home and self-sustaining and not draining on those other resources right. that the people living in cities might need. You know, that's well, and plus, I mean, someone in my position, okay, let's say they implemented a UBI. Let's say it was $2,000 a month per person. Mm-hmm. Okay, so a married couple is going to bring in 4 grand a month. Okay. We can live pretty comfortably on four grand a month. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think, as a matter of fact, I think that's about what we live on is about four grand a month. Mm -hmm. Now, let's just say, okay, so let's say they implement that. I, yeah, that's exactly what I would do. I would, I would get, you know, real deep into the hobby farm. I would start expanding. You know what I mean? I, you could say, actually, I would start contributing more. Because exactly, because you're going to operate at such a surplus here that you two could never consume. Right. That you're now contributing back to the grid. But I also know human nature, and human nature is to do the least amount as possible. In my opinion, I think you, and, and, and in, a, in some ways that's good. And it but depends ways, on what you bad. view as nothing, too. Well, I'm not saying nothing. Like, I'm a lot saying of society views, like, sitting at home and working on your art as nothing. That might not contribute the same way back as you do to society, but arguably, you know, if nobody's sitting there making, you know, art, you know. Right. There's no music, there's no cool shit to look at. Like, I don't know, it's... No, yeah, I mean, the the whole art thing. And the thing is, we're, we got to remember, we're operating in a sense where, like, there's such a surplus that we don't have to worry about right. people sitting around. Exactly. They can sit around and do nothing all they want. Exactly. It doesn't matter to you and I, because we still will have a safety net of right whatever the droids are providing <laughs> us, essentially. <laughs> but I don't know if, first of all, I don't see how... I don't see how it's sustainable. Where does the money come from? Because I'll tell you one thing. I will tell you this. I don't know that money is going to be the thing anymore. It's going to be resources. Yeah, but there's always going to have to be incentive. I mean, okay, you you knock out a lot of jobs with robots, sure. But mm-hmm. I mean, are you still going to need somebody to fix the robot? Or is there going to be a robot, robot to fix that yeah. robot? <laughs> once robots get good enough. Well, what happens when the robot that fixes that robot breaks down? Is mm-hmm. there another robot that fixes that robot? Essentially. I mean, this is it robot gets section. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> that once, because here's the thing. Robots are rickety and shitty now. You know, we're at that point on the exponential curve where, like, a computer can't design a better computer than we can yet, but right. once it can, it's going to be so much better than right. anything we can conceptualize. You I know, know, it's just whether or not we can maintain control over something like that. But it's, yeah, I mean, I haven't watched any of Star Trek to really know how their economy operates. All I know is it operates on such a surplus that they can focus on stars and exploration and, you know, 
right. you don't have to want for things that that world that you know they made in the matrix that we couldn't handle and they had to put us back in the burdensome one you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah i just my concern with ubi is that you it, it removes incentive you know what i mean like i already lack incentive because unless i have like a literal like miracle sized change in like my behavior and spending where I literally just spend Mm -hmm. no money, sit at home and do nothing and invest everything. And even then I stand very little chance of coming anywhere near like a comfortable retirement. Right. You know, it's, where was I going with that? What were we just talking about? UBI. But like my, Oh yeah. The incentive incentivization it's or incentivizing what incentive do i have now aside from just like keeping food on my plate like i'm not gonna realistically get so far ahead that i can buy a yacht someday (laughs) you know like true very true being part of like the american or you know like the global 0.01 percent or whatever even i don't know my only motivation and incentive right now is the goals i set for myself anyways mm-hmm. i mean what changes other than i'm free to actually do the things that i think will enjoy or you know i'll enjoy yeah no oh, not God. everybody is like that if i didn't have to go to work every day oh man i'd have a forge I, yeah i'd keep I'd myself be doing busy cool absolutely shit. but but now i you know I'm fixing people's broken laziness I kind of, this might be kind of controversial, but I kind of been thinking lately, and it's kind of a change in mindset for me, that maybe we as a society need to change our priorities. Big time. Like, for example, I don't know if I should use this example, because no, I'm not going to use that example, because <laughs> it involves my job. Okay. You have, say you got a factory, okay, and the average shift at a, at this factory, even though standard, I don't know, regulation or whatever is an eight-hour day with breaks, and I, I don't know if that's, whatever, standard, standard day at, at this factory is 10 hours a day, okay? Pretty standard for American factories. Right, for American factories, that's pretty standard. Now, shit, where was I going? Something controversial. Yeah, I lost it. I lost it. (laughs) It's all good. (laughs) Got way too fucked up. It happens, my dude. Where was I going with that? That's going to drive me nuts. I hate that so much. Oh! Our priorities need to shift. I think I think as a society we need to change our priorities. And okay, for example, now you got oh, say you got a factory, right? And they are a supplier. You know, it it's like a second tier supplier. Yeah. So you got your big number You're one. supplying to a bigger factory. Exactly. Or a bigger company that you make a component for whatever. Airplanes, cars, tanks, doesn't You're matter. the guy that makes the airbags so that you know, one of the big three can then put them in right. the car. Okay, let's use... All right, we'll use cars as an example, okay? Mm-hmm. 
you, you're at a factory. Your average shift is 10 hours a day. You're making parts for cars. Okay. Is it really necessary as a society to have that many cars on the lot ready for sale that it requires a guy to work 10 to 12 hours a day, every day, six, five, six days a week. Is that necessary? I don't think so. I don't think so either. But I I our, think, I don't know if it's just because we've created a, a an economy so fragile that it hinges on that that's kind possible. of neurotic See, spending. That's entirely possible. Yeah. But I just, I don't think it's necessary. I don't, I don't mind working eight hours a day, but is it really necessary? Like, well, you, okay. And they'll say, well, you work 10 hours because we have deadlines and you have to get this job done. Okay. Well, why is the deadline so tight? Right. Well, because the supplier needs their parts. Well, why is the supplier or why is the customer pushing such tight deadlines? It's because our priorities are, we got to have it right now. Yep. Well, okay, people, if you want to quit working 10 hour days, then we can't have it right now. Yeah. You know what Patience I mean? Patience and exactly. pragmatism. Think of the big picture because, yeah, even Amazon offers that, like, we'll, we'll give you a dollar off of your product if you, you know, choose three day shipping instead of two day shipping. Right. Or whatever. How many times have you clicked that button? Do you even know that's a button? I didn't even know that that's was a button. A button. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I'm not sure on all products, but all of them that Amazon fulfills. Right. Yeah. It's like you can choose to have it a day later. And like, I mean, they only give you a buck, but nobody presses that button. Right. Give me my shit right now. Amazon's a perfect example of what I was just talking about. Yeah. Again, is it really necessary to have... Okay, you bought like a t-shirt, you know off of Amazon. Yeah. Do you really need the t-shirt tomorrow? Because if you do, they still have these things called stores that you can go to. And the the crazy thing about these stores is that when you walk in and you want to buy a t-shirt, you go, you go to the t-shirt rack and you grab it and then you try it on. And if it's the right size, then you go to the catch register and you buy it and you walk out the store with it. And so I that's same day arrival. And I have to stay away from like Amazon online shopping because it just ramps up my impulsiveness. Yeah. 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 Like, I only go on Amazon when I know I need something like specific and I don't know where to go to get it. I'm an impulsive you know? spender to begin with, unless it's something I'm researching to find, like I'm going to have it forever. Right. So I better find the right one kind of thing. Right. And yeah, I feel like. And also, I don't know convenience. if it's an, an addictive sort of feeling, but. Uh, maybe it is just like that little drip of dopamine that you get, you know, as you're searching and finding for the next thing. Oh, this is a great deal. Ooh, 25% off. Uh, right. You know, like that. I don't know where I'm going with that. Other <laughs> I absolutely agree with the fact that we need to shift our priority away from instant gratification. Yeah, I really do. I, I think I think that's a big problem because if I mean, I really think if people want to work less, that's that's part of it. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. And and. I, I think know. we need to get people out of like these awful, some of these awful office jobs where like Duncan Trussell puts it like you're literally doing the equivalent of pouring water from one glass into another all right. day long. To, so you just look busy. Right. You're not actually doing your work. You're just doing something to look busy 
like you're doing your work right. so that you don't get in trouble. Oh, and it's not just... Or that you're efficient enough that you actually get your real work done in three or four hours, but you're expected to be busy for eight hours. Right. And you get in trouble if you're not. Right. Instead of... Because if you were to leave at three or four hours, you only make money for three or four hours instead of being paid for the full day's work that you just completed in four hours. Right. It's not just office jobs either, though. It's it's factories and restaurants. And that's do you why think I, the guy I, stocking shelves at the grocery store wants to be there stocking shelves at the gro- Fuck no, that guy don't want to no. be there. No. You know what I mean? And He's only there because it's like probably $2 an hour more than he could make. At you know. Burger King or whatever. Yeah. But, no, and, 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 and I think, too, that's why there's been a drop in customer service, too. Not just because of COVID, but as the years have gone on. people are the worst. On, well, that, yeah. But p- there's just no enthusiasm. You, you know, you're at, the, you're at the grocery store and you need to find somebody. Hey, man, I can't find this box of cereal. And the guy's just like, it's down the aisle, man. I don't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like. Oh, uh, okay. Thanks, man. And it's because there's no enthusiasm because they, that guy does not want to be at that fucking job. No, and you know? I don't blame him. I don't blame him either. No. You know, like uh, who? I mean, automate it, all those jobs away. But then again, what do you do with those people that would work those jobs? UBI. We got to give them the income and hopefully train them into doing something more productive. If you could provide training centers. For what? Huh? <laughs> For what? Fixing the robots. Wow, that's and true. And so we have robots that can fix them. You know, programming them. Learn to code. Learn to code, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just... Anything. Getting them, get them into trades. I mean, we, we have a bottleneck of... I mean, every Yeah, that's one thing that sucks about the skilled trades is that until the robots get really good... They're going to need people to do the skilled trades. And you like know? you said, I know where you were getting with that. There's always going to be human interaction right. at the top of that chain. So at some until, point, you're going to have a small class of people actually working, supporting a massive class of people. On and UBI. I don't know that you're supporting. The people aren't supporting that massive class. The robot, you know, the resources that the robot class is creating you know actually that's, you know what i mean that's a fair point that i hadn't considered because they see they would have to program a fail safe in though yeah and i don't okay we're all right let's we're we're into it we're I, gonna we're, dive into ai ethics now because yeah what do you okay if you're supporting a society of humans off of the backs of of robot ai labor do you put in a failsafe so that the robots never figure that out? Because in theory, if it's an AI, it has the potential to become smart enough to figure out that it's your slave. Now, if we're talking like passing the Turing test level, if we're talking what kind of on, AI are we talking? Oh, hold on. Now, that's part A. Yeah. Part B is is it ethical? To make robots our slaves, essentially. Let's go with part A first, okay? So, do you... And and the kind of AI that I'm talking about is the AI that has the potential to become... Sentient. Continuously smarter and sentient. Eventually conscious and sentient. Mm -hmm. Okay? So, 
it with that with that scenario in mind that this AI it's going to hit a point where it eventually starts developing upon itself without human interaction. Yeah. Okay. When you hit that point, do humans put in a failsafe so that they don't figure out uh, they are our slaves? Absolutely. Will humans put in a failsafe? No, we're way too short. <laughs> of course not. I mean, maybe we will. There's some really smart people working on this. If Lex Friedman has anything to do with it, I mean, now, they probably will. But real quick there. On that point, have you seen any Rick and Morty ever? No, I've never watched Anyways, it. Anyways, there's an episode where they essentially, Rick is a, you know, time-traveling, space-hopping super genius, and he created an entire, like, civilization to power the battery in his car. Okay. A mini micro-civilization inside this car battery, and they use this little device to generate power, okay. and it's supposedly, like, you know... Whatever, they're doing it for this reason, whether it be religious or otherwise, they just want to do it at the certain time every day, and it's to generate power for his battery. They don't know that. Right. But for some reason, they stop doing it, so he shrinks himself and goes in the battery and figures out that one of the smart, intelligent beings inside of his micro-universe created his own micro-universe <laughs> to create energy for theirs so they didn't have to do this anymore. And he's just like... And the guy that did it posed the question. He's like, don't you think it's unethical to create an entire slave civilization to power your whatever? And, and you know, it, it's just like super meta. You know, his nephew's like, wait, that's the argument I just used on you for your own car battery. You know, it's just, it gets into the weeds. But that that's the exact situation. Do you and think, I, I kind of think it's unethical, actually. If, it depends. If, if your intention. If you don't let them become sentient and feel and all of these things if it's literally just a drone machine that's only okay. function is to do the job that we've programmed it to do yeah okay no if, i agree if it's a drone machine that doesn't it, it, okay if it's not to the point of self-awareness yeah then it's it's i would say it still falls in the bounds within ethics i just call that automation right but once it once it reaches the point of self-awareness i think it's unethical to have robot slaves yeah you know what i mean yeah because that's another sentient being it might not be you know squishy and and meat based right but but it's a sentient being like that's technically the thing that we're going to be birthing the next part of our evolution and which begs that's the next logical step of our evolution and the only way that we're going to actually get off this planet which begs the question is it a good idea to replace human work with robot work. Yeah. Yeah? Absolutely. But what are the humans going to do? Whatever the fuck they want. That's the beauty of it. <laughs> if they're lazy, they're lazy. Hopefully they'll just laze out of existence and, and you know, that tendency to just malaise at the, at the feet of corporate America. That's a fair argument because, and don't quote me on this, but I, I'm pretty sure there's a statistic out there. Now I'm making a comparison here. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure there's a statistic out there that like when cannabis was legalized in Colorado, the rate of use didn't increase. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it, so like legalizing a substance doesn't necessarily mean it doesn't correlate with a, an an increase in in 
in usage. No, usually if that people want to do something, they're already going to be doing it. Right. So that would suggest that if if they implemented a UBI, the people who were going to be lazy are going to be lazy, and the people who were going to be motivated were going to be motivated. Yeah, it's like the old adage about pot. Like, the pot isn't making these people right, lazy. Right. They're lazy people who smoke pot. Right. It's, yeah. It, when it's put in that frame... I could I could support it, but I also fear the potential for abuse of the system, and I think abuse of the system is inevitable. A hundred percent it is. You know what I mean? Humans will use and exploit any system you put them in. <laughs> That's what we do. I mean, it's just, it's a byproduct of letting people have, you know, any sort of, you know, Freedom of choice, essentially. And I tell you what, too. Okay. Hypothetical scenario. Because because I have extremely mixed feelings about UBI. Me too. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not on one side or the other, theoretically. Theoretically, I'm not on one side or the other. Mm-hmm. Um. But if it hit a point where I couldn't find work, she couldn't find work, and there was UBI, and it was, say, it was two grand a month per person. So we're bringing home four grand. Yeah. Dude, if that was covered, for one thing, I'd take the podcast and just blow it the hell up. That's the thing that people don't, the the risks people would be willing to take, and the cool things that might come of it you know like we could take some real leaps forward if people like i mean maybe not like you and i but people in our positions that are stuck stuck and maybe much more intelligent than us that are just you know right they have a a kid to worry about they can't take that leap to do the thing they've always wanted to do you know yeah stuck's not really the right word either because it's not like you're like you can't get out of a bad situation it's just I mean, your choice is literally, like, abandon a family right. or do what you want to do, you know. <laughs> well, when you put it in that context. But, I mean, like I said, even taking it back to the farming thing, like, you lose your job, you have that monthly income to focus on, you focus on getting, mm-hmm. you know, your acreage in order to where it's producing it for you, then right. you can focus more of that money elsewhere. But I'm a very motivated person. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm 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 always doing something. And I think most people are pretty motivated when their soul isn't being crushed by a thankless job, you know, where they're, you know, having to just literally do the same motion over and over again on an assembly line or take food orders from thankless fucking angry, you know, just awful people, you know, wiping elderly people's butts, Mm -hmm. saving people's lives for like $17.93 an hour (laughs) with shitty, shitty healthcare. (laughs) Yeah. Or, you know, any any number of these fucking things, you know, like all of the jobs that were, what, what was the term that they used during the pandemic? I always called it essential. Dis- essential. Line, I called it disposable. Workers. Yeah, disposable workers. Disposable workers. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, isn't that something? They were <clears throat> they were heroes and, and everything. And then, 
you know, as soon as they decide to defend themselves on a, on a certain topic. You're never safe from the mob. Right. Doesn't matter how on the right side of things you are. Mm-hmm. All it takes is two 24-hour news cycles and you're now the enemy of the fucking state. Mm-hmm. You Crazy know, world we to live the in. point where they're literally like people will say out loud to let your family starve. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe not in such blunt terms, right. but take his job, ostracize them from society, turn our backs to them as the other, yep. and forget about them. Mm-hmm. We'll move on from that class of people. They're icky. And that's how you end up with Appalachia. I mean, any of these. Mm-hmm. Like, Appalachia, inner towns, cities. Yeah. I mean, just red zones of our nations mm-hmm. mm. or i mean it, it <laughs> and those are the best possible outcomes of that situation mm-hmm. that's also how genocides happen <laughs> that's how whole populations just get erased they become yep. the icky other yep yep yeah polarization man I've been seeing a lot of art, and I think it has something to do with the anniversary of January 6th, but within, like, the past week, I've seen probably 10 articles about America's so close to a civil war, you know what I mean? And I think it's only because, for some reason, whoever's pushing the narrative wants that to be the Mm -hmm. case. I mean, the last thing they want is us (laughs) realizing that we want the same things like they realize how dismal like the biden administration is doing because neither party really gives a shit about them right like there's a handful of the right that are like have a visceral hatred to them you know most of the middle right you know kind of people are just like he's He's a senile old fuck. Yeah, I don't hate just, the guy. He's just, it is what it is. Yeah, like, I don't hate the guy. I, honestly, I think <sighs> I said this in another episode. I think I might have said it when I was talking to Eric. I actually, there's a part of me that kind of feels bad for Joe Biden. Uh, hear me out. <laughs> because he's like 75 years old or something. Yeah, he has no business doing what he's doing. Exactly. He's making a total ass of himself on television. like. It's there's nothing good coming of this from him. Right. And but I mean I don't feel bad for him more because he's been a piece of crap politician for however many years. Yeah. But it it just like, okay, what the fuck happened to our society that we've got a senile old man as a leader and why do we have anybody over sixty something running our country? And I'm not trying to be, like, ageist or anything like that. This is the quickest that technology and society and all of the rest of the world is progressing. Right. And I just feel like you know we have a bunch of boat anchors in Congress and, you know, in the White House that are, it's just holding back progress. I agree with that. I think that the older politicians in Washington say if they're above the age of 50. Yeah. 
than well no 50 because there's a lot of people in their 50s that are like really in touch yeah but, okay let's say like 60 if they're above the age of 60 in washington they're still in that like reagan era mindset mm-hmm. you know like because that that was their heyday from like reagan to the beginning of obama was the heyday of the current class of yep you know geezers in washington but now, I think they're out of touch with the way the world really is. Do you think Nancy Pelosi really understands Twitter? No. The fuck she does. No. You know what I mean? Like, she don't know what the fuck a tweet is. No. She's, and yeah, okay, she's got a Twitter page. She's got people that run that page. Yeah, there's a team of 12 people that right. run that page. So, yeah. and it, Also... Sorry, I'm going to derail that thought. But Go ahead. Counter. The minute Jack Dorsey gets replaced and that fascist gets put in place, that Pelosi counter, the Pelosi watcher Twitter page gets removed. The one that was watching Nancy Pelosi's stock moves. Oh, yeah. So that people could play the market as she did because she's absolutely insider trading, allegedly. <laughs> um, 100% allegedly. If I was Martha Stewart, I'd be bitching up a storm. Dude, it is insane the mental gymnastics going on right now in the media and 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 you know on Wall Street and in the Senate and the White House trying to justify this. Okay, hit me with that because I've actually kind of I go through spurts with the news where I like watch it until it starts driving me crazy and then I shut it off for like two months Yeah, and then I pick it back up. You know what I mean? So give me the lowdown. So basically, you know, Rogan's been causing a stir, you know, basically there's no Trump to focus on. So Rogan's their new Trump. Oh God. So they're reporting on literally every, everything he does. does. And you know, he's been harping on this for, it's nothing new. Right. Like if you listen to the show or any of the other, you know, shows that orbit around him that are right. similar, that the Pelosi's have made, and she's blamed it on her husband, you know, oh, throughout the years. You know, it's all my husband. I have nothing to do with that. I'm only the people, I'm only the person making the policies that are making all of this money possible. Right. You know, the amount of insider trading going on is just ridiculous. So there's this whole Twitter page that tracked her her stock moves and it had been up for months and months with like no strikes or anything like that as soon as jack dorsey gets pulled down and like i said the new fascist in power gets put in instantly nukes that page and a bunch of other pages like that that were tracking you know whether it be other senators or you know other you know various things that the elite wouldn't like people you know it's kind of a thumb in the nose or thumb in the eye of wow you know the political elite and you know it's kind of coming to a head with people really rumbling and getting pissed off about it and just hearing well it's it's a free market everybody should be able to participate in a free market and it's like lady you're not participating in a free and open market if you're the one literally creating the rules and regulations that this game is being played right, with right. and can manipulate them at your will. You think senators should be barred from stocks, like purchasing stock? 
I kind of probably have a bit more conservative. That's probably one of the more conservative viewpoints I have is that civil service isn't civil service. You shouldn't be making exorbitant amounts of money in any respect, whether it be from your private business, you should have to step away from your private business. I agree. Actually, I agree with that. I think you make a set amount of money while you have the kind of power and influence that you do that we're trusting you with. Yeah, that's solid. Because I don't know what that that value is or how we determine that, but the uh, it's way too easy for money to corrupt. Oh, absolutely. Anybody and and myself included, if I was in that position. Oh, absolutely. I am not any superhuman that thinks you know it's beyond any realm of possibility that I would be crooked as fuck. Right, right. You know what's the old what what was that old joke we used to say about Kwame? Kwame ran Detroit like a gangster, but if but if I ran that city, I would have did it the same way. I mean, honestly, just wouldn't have gotten caught. Yeah, if I yeah if I could have, you know. Kwame, do you remember? Oh my Quames god, world. Quames World. <laughs> do you remember that whole saga? Huel Perkins on Fox Two. Hell yeah, Hell yeah. <laughs> Hugh Perkins. <laughs> He's out. Is, or is he out? out is Kwame soon. Out? I don't know what the, that whole situation is, but watch him get elected here again. I wouldn't be surprised. He was in. I don't know if he's barred from being elected here again or what the the oh, legalities I I of that. that is, but I, I bet you he wins again. Here. I bet you he wins again. I mean, that was the thing How is funny. like he as corrupt as he was, he did good things for the people that actually lived in the city. Right. From what I hear from those people, right? How funny would that be if he gets elected again? Does the same shit? Gets caught again? Oh man! <laughs> Hell no! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's just a giant, imposing, larger-than-life, charming figure. Like mm-hmm. it, 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 It'll make too much sense for him not to get elected again. I remember when, when he got convicted and sent to jail. I, I was, was honestly surprised with how corrupt the city had been. Like, yeah. I figured he had... I don't think they had once a it choice. got to the state level. Yeah. yeah, I don't think they had a choice. If if he would have walked on that, oh boy, you know. I mean, it's not like major politicians had walked on crazy stuff. Like, ah, oh, can you look up the name? He was the longest serving, I believe, Republican senator at the time ever, but he was convicted of child molestation. And, like, nobody even knows about this story. What's the name? I, that's what I'm trying to have you figure it out. Like, What um, am I going to type in there? <laughs> Longest serving... What? Republican congressman? Yeah, I'm just going to look up Senator... Convicted of insider trading, convicted of treating... Tre- treason. <laughs> oh, hey. <laughs> so... Have you ever heard the story about Dennis Hastert? He's the uh, former longest-serving Republican Speaker of the House. No. I've heard of him. Like, I've heard the name, but I don't know anything about him. So, I guess I'm bringing this up, just kind of harping on the things media picks and chooses to talk about. Because this guy... 
was one of the most powerful people, arguably, in the world with his position. Mm -hmm. I mean, had the president and Joint Chiefs of Staff's ear, you know, he's... What's his name? Dennis Hastert. Okay. H-A-S-T-E-R-T. I'm going to look him up Mm -hmm. and give kind of a rundown on him. Yeah. Okay, Dennis Hastert, former Speaker of the United States House of Representatives. About, now this is from Wikipedia, Um, if you just Google Dennis Hastert, this is what will come up. It says, John Dennis Hastert is an American former politician who represented Illinois' 14th Congressional District from 1987 to 2007 and served as the 51st Speaker of the United States House of Representatives from 1999 to 2007. He... Was born January 2nd, 1942. He is currently 80 years old. And he is affiliated with the Republican Party. So what's what's the story about this guy? So basically back in the 70s, early 70s, this guy was a high school wrestling coach with a penchant for young boys, allegedly. Okay. I mean, I don't know how allegedly it is because he's agreed to a settlement, you know, with things pertaining to this. So, pretty much not allegedly? Yeah, I just, you know, I don't have enough money to not get sued into oblivion, so we'll tread a little lightly there, right, maybe. Right, I don't know. Right. Um, But basically... Yeah, good thinking. All of this is allegedly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there, there's been... A few people, a few uh, boys that have, you know, come forward over the years, you know, alleging him of sexual misconduct. And basically he got caught making hush money payments, allegedly, to one of these people. Really? Individual A from New York. Yeah. And... Now, was this in the news? I mean, if you look for it kind of thing. Oh, like, it's like a buried story? Yeah, I mean... It did happen a few years ago, but it's just not a thing that ever gets talked about. You know, we we talk about Louis C.K.'s proclivities, and and we you know we've been talking about them for you know years. Not that it, he wasn't right. a creep or anything like that, but all right, well, let's you know he's a stand-up comedian, not one of the most powerful people on the planet at the time of his serving. Um. Well, okay. Again, allegedly, but. On Google, you type Dennis Hastert and then a space after his last name. What I'm looking at right now at the very bottom, it says Dennis Hastert sentence, Dennis Dennis Hastert jail, Dennis Hastert case, Dennis Hastert wrestling. Ah. So, again, allegedly, because I don't want, both of us don't want to get our pants sued off, (laughs) (laughs) but... I mean, it's on the Google search suggestions. Yeah, so. and how many down before it even mentions anything about abuse? Well, actually, the top suggestion, Dennis Hastert Prison. Oh, okay. Okay, the second one, Dennis Hastert Middle School. Okay. Okay. The third one, Dennis Hastert 2021. So now I wonder if, you know, it's been picked up again, you know, Joe Rogan and, you know, huge podcasts talk right. about it from time to time. So I wonder if it's starting to get the spotlight. But So should I just click on prison then, Dennis Hastert prison? I think he only served a handful of months. 
Because like I said, they didn't get them for the actual molestation. They got them for the hush, hush money, money payments. payments. It was like $1.7 million out of the 3.5 that was agreed upon. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Now, okay, Google Dennis Hastert prison. Okay, now this is just what pops up on the page. It says... Referring to Hastert as a serial child molester, a federal judge imposed a sentence of 15 months in prison, two years supervised release, and a $250,000 fine. Hastert was imprisoned in 2016 and was released 13 months later. He became the highest-ranking elected official in U.S. history to serve a prison sentence. The website is wikipedia.org, wiki... Uh, Dennis Hastert. But yeah. Holy shit, dude. Yeah. <laughs> okay, first of all, I didn't, I've never heard that. I, I didn't know anything about that. And secondly, um, what did it say? He was the, what was his position? The Speaker of the House. Speaker of the House of Representatives from 1999 <sighs> to 2007. The longest serving ever. Speaker of the House. Let's see if we can dig up some of the info on the case. So, I I know I read uh, there was a uh, Good Morning America interview at one point with, uh, basically a interview with the sister of one of the uh, accusers, and you know they didn't get into you know heinous detail or anything like that, but. I know that like one of the creepiest details to me that that really stood out was that he wrote in this kid's yearbook and when the 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 victim eventually passed away of an AIDS related illness in 1995 Hastert showed up at his viewing and the sister's blood was boiling and confronted him and basically said you know, I want to know. I want you to know your secret didn't die in there with my brother. I want you to know that I am out here and that I know. And he just stood there, didn't deny, didn't say anything, just kind of stood there blankly. You know, it's pretty harrowing stuff. It's just, it's astounding the depths to which I I don't know that it's a it's a cover up by any means, but just I don't know if it's the twenty four hour news cycle or. If it's intentionally buried, you know, I'm guessing, you know, wild guess, allegedly, wee-wee, lawyers don't get me. Um, <laughs> you know, if you're the Speaker of the House, the longest-serving Speaker of the House, you probably have connections in the media. Probably, I would imagine. Probably able to control a narrative. Okay, once again, according to Wikipedia, this is right on his page for for. Wikipedia. It says on May 28, 2015, Hastert was indicted on federal charges of structuring bank withdrawals to evade bank reporting requirements and making false statements to federal investigators. Federal prosecutors said that the funds withdrawn by Hastert were used as hush money to conceal his past sexual misconduct. In October 2015, Hastert entered into a plea agreement with prosecutors. Under the agreement, Hastert pleaded guilty to the structuring charge, a felony. The charge of making false statements was dropped. In court submissions filed in April 2016, federal prosecutors alleged that Hastert had molested at least four boys as young as 14 years of age 
during his time as a high school wrestling coach. At a sentencing hearing, Haster admitted that he had sexually abused boys whom he had coached. Referring to Hastert as a, a serial child molester, federal judge imposed sentence, blah, 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 blah. So, my question is, is how the hell do you go from molesting kids as a high school wrestling coach to Speaker of the House of Representatives? How's that happen? Yeah. How do you dupe so many people into believing that you're not just a heinous human being that you rise to arguably the most powerful position in our government? Yeah, that blows my mind. Like, it just, and this isn't painting everybody in Congress with a broad brush. It just goes to show you what level of just darkness can be contained in these people. Right. Yeah, they're not paragons of integrity by any stretch of the imagination. No. You know. And if anything, they are... You don't get to those levels of power without stepping on heads to get to where you are. Right, right. There, it's, There's just no way around that. I don't mean to sound, you know, kind of cheesy, but the cutthroat politics of Game of Thrones is a very real thing. It's just they're not cutting throats anymore and killing people. Well, they're actually, assassinating characters yeah, in the media. Actually, that's debatable because hashtag Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about all that, Jelaine and all that? I mean, I think they smashed it through trial and kept it as hushed as possible so that... You didn't see a whole lot on it. No, waves weren't made, powerful people's names weren't exposed, mm. nothing happened, just how they wanted it to. Yep. Yeah. I don't have much to say about it, because there isn't much to say about right, it. Right, right, to be completely honest. There's more to say about the lack of what's said. Mm-hmm. You know, that that speaks more volumes than anything that came out about that trial. I mean, the trial didn't even consist of the accuser that was implicating Prince Andrew. What's up with all that? Because I don't know. Everybody is wondering why she wasn't involved in the trial. She seems like the biggest smoking gun. Well, no, I mean the Prince Andrew thing. What about it? Like, I don't know what his involvement is in all of it. I know that, like, he was friends with them and hung out with them and shit. And I, I know that Allegedly there was... Allegedly creepy behavior just like the rest of them. Right, okay. Or at least knowledge of creepy behavior and not right you know turning your back that's like the dicey thing with like bill gates like that dude was hanging out with him after he was indicted the first time mm -hmm. wasn't he bill gates i don't know what to think about all of those conspiracy theories about i had a guy at work like a couple weeks ago i played stupid you know, because a lot of the times I feel like it's sometimes just easier to play stupid. I do it, you know, all the time. But this guy starts telling me about Bill Gates and he's like, have you heard any, do you know any about any of this? And I'm like, no, man, what's, what you, what's going on? What is you it? Know? What is and it? He what, starts, from his lair. Right, he starts fucking telling me every Bill Gates is a super villain you know, story. He's and, got tunnels going under the country. Right, you know, and he's bought up all the farmland and, and this and that, you know, and, and uh, somebody, I think it was him. He, I think 
He's barred from Africa. He's not allowed to go to Africa. He's single-handedly <laughs> blowing every frog until it co- it's convinced it's gay. Right. Dude, dude, slow down on the info wars. It'll be okay. But no, it's just... It, I don't know what to think. I could, again, like Bezos being a supervillain, I'm pretty sure Bill Gates is a supervillain. But if he's a supervillain, he's like... He's the kind of supervillain that's willing to, like, nuke a third of humanity just to, like, prove a point to the other two-thirds that we need to be doing something different. (laughs) I don't know, dude. When I look at Bill Gates, I kind of... He's like the Robin to Jeff Bezos' Batman, you know what I mean? Like, he's like like a little junior sample, you know what (laughs) I mean? He's he's mini-me to Bezos' Dr. Evil because he's just so... Bill Gatesy, you yeah. Know what I mean, uh, he he doesn't give me the creep factor that Bezos does. Actually, I just well for myself personally, and I might need a lawyer after I say this. <laughs> <laughs> Fun. I kind of get Jared Fogle vibes from Bill Gates. Okay, you know what I mean. I don't get like Chomo vibes, but maybe just creepy. He's yeah. just creepy, dude. He's creepy. Socially awkward as fuck. Whereas, like, Mark Zuckerberg gives me like, like he has a, a like a. Obviously, this is satire, but like he's just got like a child juicing machine, in like the back closet no, where he dude. can just like drink adrenochrome smoothies for breakfast every morning. Zuck is one of the lizard people. <clears throat> That's what I mean. Yeah, like he's, he's just he's th- he he can only exist off of like juiced adrenal glands from like a formerly living child oh there was that whole like error 404 like robot does not compute moment where he's just got like sweet baby rays on a shelf on the wall (laughs) behind his stream like humans like sweet baby rays and barbecuing he posted a video and it was all over facebook and i think i shared it and i like ripped him apart about it he was shooting a bow and arrow and he he's a good shot as far as accuracy goes but his form is just preposterously atrocious yeah you know what i mean it's just terrible and i thought it was because he's all like look at me look at how cool i am i'm mark zuckerberg you know (laughs) and he's like If I, okay, with the people that I shoot bows and arrows with, if I ever pull the bow across my chest, they're going to yell at me. Yeah. You know, you're supposed to pull straight back. He's doing like one of these where he's, it's almost like he's not strong enough to pull the bow back. Yeah. So he's like, (laughs) and then it's a compound bow, so it breaks eventually. Yeah. But then it finally hits its break. And then like, as he's drawing his, his bead, he's all like. I'm Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> you know? It's just his form is just horrendous. And it's like, you're not cool, dude. Okay. And I mean, maybe if you pay to go to a ranch, because I think he posted the video like getting ready to go bow hunting, you know? Yeah. If you pay to go to a ranch that the deer aren't afraid of people, then yeah, your form's probably gonna work. But if you climb up in a tree stand in rural Michigan and try that goofball fucking draw, that deer is going to see you and it's probably going to stand there and look at you and be like, 
the fuck is this guy doing? Right. <laughs> yeah, it just it was so bad. He's he just sucks. Yeah, you're not cool, Zuck. That's the thing. He's he's like one of those people that like is mad at society because society views him as uncool, but the only reason society views him as uncool is because he's a dick. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, we don't dislike you because you're a nerd. Nerd popular is at an all, like, nerd culture is at an all-time popularity level. Right. Like, it's because you're it's a douche. It's not that. It's because you're an asshole. Yeah, you're a douche. The you're social a standoffish network, asshole. The movie The Social Network did not make me like you. No. It actually had the reverse effect. <laughs> yeah. No, there's no way you could possibly like that character after that. Right. I mean, if anything, it's a character assassination. Right. Right. I mean, you alienated every single person that, like, cared about you or even tried to, <laughs> you know, be an olive branch to society. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Zuck's definitely... What about, um, Dorsey? He seems like the least, you know, uh, the least threatening. Yeah. He just seemed like he genuinely wanted to create a platform for people to say what the hell they want in a certain amount of characters and and it just got out of control i think he genuinely lost control of that company like people kept wanting to censor and and, and change what it was and he was the resistive force mm-hmm. you know did he get fired or did he walk away i think he stepped down but he i think it down. was kind of like a mutual thing i don't know if it was mutual it, to me i bet you it was forced i don't know Right. I don't know about force, but, you know, hostile takeover kind of oh. situation. I don't know. I, I have no... Just based off of his politics and then the guy that they replaced him with, there's no way that was, like, a smooth transition in my mind. Like, things radically changed there as far as the politics of how that company's run. Right. With that, with that new cat in town. Like I said, he's he's nuking sites that have you know they're no threat to anybody other than you know making congress people and very powerful people look bad right they're not exposing any like public information that isn't already public you know it's not like they're exposing your private banking records right they're a public official their trading is public information already. Right. This was just compiling it so it was easy to track. <laughs> and so you can follow along and play the game right along with right. her, and they don't like that. It just seems like more and more of government and private industry alike is being subverted to service each other's needs. Yeah. Like, people from private industry are getting into places of power in the government to manipulate things, and people from the government are in turn taking positions of power in these companies after serving as payment. Right. Or, you know, whatever you want to call it. Thank you for the favors, kind of, Mm -hmm. you know. It's a really incestuous, scary relationship that, like... You know, I, I kind of have the result. I, I've probably already said this, but it's like, I think there's not much we can, there is left to do. Like, cat's out of the bag. Like, it, the war's over. I agree with that. I like, don't... we're just, survi- we're gonna have to, we're gonna be forced to adapt to whatever this thing changes into. There's no stopping it. 
Yeah, I think I think you're right. There's way too much money and power at play here for anybody like us to have any say. Right. You more or less just have to weather the storm and get through it. Yeah. Uh, I think we're way too complacent of a country to like take to the streets and actually, you know, force the change that we want to see. You know, like it's crazy. Like it's the French being cowardly has been a trope my entire life. Yep. Remember Freedom Fries? And it's just to me, like seemingly in my in my adult life, the least true caricature of a people ever really they are constantly out most times violently protesting like if a prime minister farts in the wrong direction they uphold democracy with so much vigor i mean the yellow coat the you know that that demonstration went on for over a year Mm -hmm. without losing vigor Mm mm-hmm I mean, the biggest summer of unrest we ever saw was over in a month and a half. They are constantly protesting. They're out again. What are they protesting about now? That's the thing. Our media won't even cover things like that anymore in this country because I don't know if they think we're dumb and won't care or it's they don't want to show the example of these people actually taking their destiny in their own hands to speak overly dramatically. Right. Well, they certainly don't want that. They certainly don't want that. Yeah, I mean, they saw what happened on January 6th. I mean... What a joke that was, though. It really was. I mean, it was just a bunch of aimless, you know, malcontents that... Right. You know, they didn't even know what they were doing. (laughs) There was no concerted attack to, to, like, overthrow a government or anything like... Like, it was... If that's what it was, it absolutely would have happened. Right. Like, they Here's, had ever, every opportunity to achieve the goal right. that everybody says they were out there to achieve. Right. If anything, it was a bunch of people that never thought it would get as far as it did. I think and just got carried away I th- in a mob situation. Honestly, I think that's what the whole thing was. There was think- a whole lot of motherfuckers in there like, holy shit, this is happening. Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, because didn't they, they, they got all riled up at that Trump rally, yep. right, first? Yeah. So and then he made that comment about, you know, rise up or whatever. I don't, don't quote me, I don't know. And, and and like you said, I think the thing like spiraled out of control. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was just like once the mob mindset took over, that was it. It yeah. was it was just a fucking it was an inevitability. It was basically the equivalent of the same behavior you see on Black Fridays when people get trampled for a TV. That's actually an awesome analogy i mean that's, that's literally exactly all what the only difference was is they ran into the capitol building instead of a fucking target yeah you know what i mean yeah that's what it looked like to me but you know that's i've never thought about it that way it, it was like a black friday yeah shopping frenzy that's what i mean that's all i could think of it was just literally people throwing bike racks through slidey doors at the front of a right. poles to get you know a KitchenAid mixer for. off. (laughs) I'm both, I find it both comical and extremely disappointing that when that thing, that whole 
ridiculousness makes the history books. The two people that stick out in my mind are the QAnon shaman guy, you know, fucking bullhorns. Yep. yep. And the one goofball idiot where he's got like he he's got a winter hat on and it's one of those winter hats where it's like it's got the the, the fuzzballs yeah. that dangle. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I think he's wearing like a jean jacket and he's got long, like shoulder length hair. And this guy's like a 50 year old, like hippie dude. You yeah. Know what I mean? And he's, he's like standing there like, like Barney from the Simpsons. You know, he's kind of got that like <laughs> yeah. slouch, but his yeah. hips stick out. This guy's just, and he's like, I think he's flashing the peace sign. Like these two fucking clowns are going to make the history books. Meanwhile, there's some brilliant fucking kid probably living in, in an inner city somewhere that'll, you know, yeah, it just fucking infuriates me. Yeah. For a <laughs> fart in the wind that didn't actually change anything except for kept some fencing around the white house for eight right. months. Right. It you know, just, that whole, what a fucking joke that, and you know, the whole, oh, it was an insurrection and the January 6th committee. You want to know how it wasn't an insurrection? I'm pretty sure that, okay, there might've been a couple people that were carrying weapons, but no one was fucking armed. No. You literally had a bunch of QAnon retards. Yeah, you had like zip ties a- McGillicuddy running around there. <laughs> never used a single one of them. Charge into a fucking building. And then, okay, it's like... The dog that caught the car. Exactly. It finally caught the car. And when it caught the car, oh, it went... fuck, what now? What do I do now? <laughs> I, I guess I'll go look through Pelosi's junk mail waste paper basket. Right. You know, and... <laughs> My God, what an embarrassment. Yeah. What an absolute embarrassment. A, that our nation's capital can be overtaken that easily. <laughs> right. I bet you, like, Al-Qaeda's like, wait a minute, dude. It was- like, I remember <laughs> thinking in, like, elementary school, there there just must be machine guns and rockets <laughs> yeah. and just laser yeah, nukes. It's like, and, you, you know, go like- walking up to the Capitol building and it's like that one scene in the original Red Dawn when they pop up out of the ground. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just lasers cut you into a grid and you fall to the ground in pieces, smoking. It's like Indiana Jones trying to get out of that fucking temple. Yeah. Yeah, just a giant boulder starts rolling at you from out of nowhere. But yeah, apparently it's not. Apparently a bunch of people that believe in QAnon can just run inside. Yeah, they got like Gertie and, you know, Mel, and they're both like (laughs) 82 and, you know, Mel's on oxygen and that's that's what they have for security. (laughs) I heard, and I forget where the hell I heard this, and I don't know if it's true, so don't quote me, but I heard that one, and it's sad. If it's true, it's really, really sad. One of the people that died from the event, from the heart attack or whatever, it was because it was like the most exciting day of their life. Yeah. Like that is. And honestly, if I was part of a mob charging the Capitol. I mean, that would be pretty exciting. That's pretty exciting. But that was the most exciting. I mean, okay. Yeah. Okay. Probably it would be the most exciting day of your life. But the fact that it was so exciting, his heart gave out. Yeah, unless you've been in war or something, right. you know, or mean, like a, right, a firefighter right. or some shit. Right, but I mean, holy shit, dude. Yeah. You know? That's um, how fever pitched those people were, you know, they were just whipped into a frenzy. And again, it was, 
it was mob mentality. I really do. I think it was just, it was one of those things that once it started, it wasn't going to stop. Yeah. I think it's, you know, we're walking around at like an eight out of 10 on fight or flight, you know, with just everything that's going on Mm -hmm. right now. It makes sense that things boil into violence so quickly. I mean, it's not ideal, obviously. That's the thing though. I understand. It wasn't even really (laughs) violent. No, I mean, that yes one, and the no. One girl watching got them, cr- yeah, like t- watching them crush cops up against right. double doors and stuff like that. It definitely was violent, and I guess you know, thank God, but it, there it, aren't machine gun turrets and things on the right. fucking roof to just mow down crowds of people, right? But you think there'd be lockdown policies? Like how? Like there's no protocol for when right. a vote being verified. <laughs> Like, right. Yeah, it just, that whole thing was just, it was embarrassing and it was stupid and... It just showed how full of shit this whole thing really is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The only reason it continues to operate is because we all say it does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And more and more of us are just kind of checking out, there's nothing we can do to change it, stop it, affect it. Yeah, I don't even want to garner the kind of power that comes with the ability to change it. Right. I don't want to be the guy. Yeah. I'm not the guy. I'm not the guy either. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. We'll just sit here and criticize the yep, guy as he tries to do what he does. That's the guys we are. We're the we're the we're the the peanut gallery. Yeah. And I am okay with that. Yeah, I'm okay with that too. You know. Yeah. Tend to the part of the garden you can reach. Just be the best person you can be to those that are close to you. You know, help a friend that needs help. That's the only change you can affect. Yep. Yep. I agree. I agree. (laughs) Oh, man. Yuri Bezmanov, you motherfucker. Yeah. He was right. He was right. And that... Is all there's really to say about that. I mean, their plan worked, if that really was their plan, or if it's just an elaborate explanation of how their plan could have worked if the union didn't crumble. I mean, I don't know how their plan worked if they're no longer around to see the (laughs) fruits of their labor, but um, whatever they were trying to do worked and is still working, because this country is frayed. Yeah. There's not one cohesive thing... You can point a finger at other than like our genuine sneaking suspicion that the death of Harambe started all of this. You think so? <laughs> That's an internet rumor. Is Everything really? was going just fine until they shot that damn gorilla. <laughs> <laughs> Harambe. Dicks out, boys. Dicks out. Dude, that. <laughs> and then <coughs> thank god for the absurdity of the internet in the yeah. face of all of this because i don't know if i'd be here without it like, <laughs> god without its ability to just ruthlessly make ruthlessly ruthlessly make fun of every single situation mm. we're facing right now dude there <sighs> it's crazy too like a lot of that internet those internet memes and stuff like I see so much of that shit and I'm like, what is this all about? You know? And then I have to like ask people like, what's going on? Like, why is this funny? You know? 
millennial and then even er, not millennial but gen z humor is just there's just like a a picture of a dude holding a pineapple in the middle of a street and that's supposed to be like a funny meme somehow like i just so up its own ass as far as like alt comedy goes i do maybe i'm just a fud (laughs) <laughs> but like there's no even like ground zero for me to like oh i can see where that's going like this is like what am i looking at well we're also talking about the generation that was eating you know tide pods a couple years ago true <laughs> but also yeah tide pods are pretty bad that's pretty bad dude i was gonna say i did watch somebody from our generation snort a rubber band pull it out their mouth and floss their navel cavity yeah i've seen them do that too so, let's not yeah, cast too yeah, many stones. True. I mean, we were sledding off roofs and, and you know. Shit, I knew about the cinnamon challenge when uh, when Mike did it when we were in high in school. In high school, yep. 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 Destroyed half a lunchroom. Do you remember the milk <laughs> challenge that they did? Brutal. <laughs> Brutal. Dude, he said, he said after he did it, he shit a bone. Dude. <laughs> All of the things we did back then were just obscene. Like So, yeah, I guess you can't... I mean, but, dude, we were never so fucking stupid that we ate Tide Pods. I mean, I did some dumb shit as a teenager, but I never ate soap. Never once. Never no. ate soap. I'm trying to think of real dumb things. I mean, I said I did some pretty dumb shit. But they were stereotypical dumb things for boys. Are it wasn't anything new. Yeah, less dumb, more dangerous. Yeah, you yeah. Know. There you go. Yeah, dangerous is the way to put it. Shit, dude. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna say this that. This is on air. it's not a thing where like <laughs> this is very obviously gonna cause soft tissue damage internally. Oh, there was shit that you could, know, like, we we did shit like that bleach. got us killed. Oh yeah. You know, but we also knew at the time it could kill us and did everything. Not, not everything, but we we at least took some precautions to not be killed. Well, I don't like, know. I specifically a Tide Pod eater doesn't even know what danger they're in. True. Otherwise, I, you wouldn't eat it. I just specifically remember sitting in the back of a pickup truck. I don't think you were here for this, but sitting in the back of a tr- pickup truck in the bed of a pickup truck, doing about sixty miles an hour down a dirt road at in the middle of the night. So, I mean, we did some dumbass, dangerous shit, oh, yeah. too, but we never ate soap. No. We never ate soap. No. <laughs> we welded a chair to the bottom of a car hood and towed it behind a pickup truck through a cow pasture one time. That was pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Why the hell did you guys do that? Fucking sled, man. That thing was awesome. Instead of, like, a you know, a sled behind a four-wheeler in the snow, this was just... You could use it in the grass. You know, it's the hood's got that nice kind of curve to mm-hmm. it, so it doesn't catch an edge or anything. See, a lot of the dumb shit, well, I'm sure a lot of the dumb shit you did, too. The dumb shit we did took some smarts to pull off. That, but a lot of it I don't think I can talk about, because I don't know if there's a statute of limitations on shit like that. Yeah, I mean, some of the things we'll definitely exclude, but, I mean, you can, we definitely... We routinely, this isn't going to get anybody in trouble. It's harmless. Don't do this. Anybody. Anybody. Ever. Don't do this. For legal reasons. I don't really care if you do or don't. It's <laughs> just for legal reasons. <laughs> but you can take a certain amount of, you know, explosive of some sort and put it in the bottom half of a two liter and, or, you know, tape it to the side of the can, but like that gel 
shaving cream. Yup. Just empty that thing in the bottom of like a two liter and just put the explosive in it. And just the concussive blast of the explosion <laughs> turns it from a gel into a foam instantly and just paints an entire yard white. <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, we did stuff like that too, like Drano bombs and shit like that. Yeah, we did stuff like that. By the way, kids, PSA, they're super dangerous. We had one super where dangerous. we made one and put it in like one of those carnival bears and <laughs> put it out in a cornfield to watch it explode and, you know, blow the stuffing everywhere and all this. We sit there for, you know, 10 minutes. We're like, nah, what's going on with this thing? 20 minutes. Man, this thing must be a dud. We go back in the house, you know, after 30 minutes. <laughs> Come back out the next day to, like, toss another one out there, and the thing goes off. Boom! <laughs> Massive explosion. Just little foam beads in the wind for, I mean, probably 100 feet. So, yeah. They're dangerous and unpredictable. That's crazy the next day it went off. Like, 25 hours later. Wow. Yeah, that's see that's too For something that should take 15 seconds. Right, that's way too unpredictable. That's dangerous. Yeah. But <laughs> used to use hydrocrackers to fish, but it wasn't even really fishing. It was such an overstocked pond that Shit, like dude. fish were literally starving. When I used to skateboard, we used to go to Rochester and we'd go skate at that Mercedes-Benz dealership oh, yeah, that yeah. has that the big, ledge. big ledge. Could you imagine what would have happened if one of us would have fell and sent a skateboard through like a $90,000 Mercedes Benz? Well, I mean, unless they got you on camera. Well, it's a Mercedes Benz dealer, bro. They had cameras everywhere. Yeah. You guys would have been screwed unless you were like masked up or they, you know, could tell who you were or whatever. But yeah, we'd go there at like two o'clock in the morning. We'd go there in the dead of night and go skate. That place was sweet for skating, dude. Mm-hmm. It had a big-ass ledge. And, yeah, you had the hazard of, like, you had to avoid the cars. Yeah. I always wanted to try. I was waiting for them to set up a car, like, along the ledge because I always wanted to try and jump a car. But And that, having it being a Merc would be dope. That would have been the moment where the skateboard went through the $90,000 car. Yeah. You know? And, it, of course, it would have been my skateboard, and I would have ended up in fucking jail for it or something. <laughs> but I, I thought that, I always thought that would have been so cool, because we used to make our own skateboard videos to make a video of somebody jumping a Mercedes-Benz. And, like, if it was me jumping the Mercedes, because I was that idiot. Yeah. You know, when in our skateboarding group, I was the kid that tried to jump every gap. Mm-hmm. Every one of them. Or just rock like a Mickey Mouse mask and just acid drop down onto the windshield and ride off it. Yeah, dude, that's how I that's how I fucked my hip up. Yeah. You know, was I, that the carrot farm one? No, no. This was some church down down in the city. But it had a bad like lead up, you know? It had a bad runway. Oh yeah. So and okay, so it was this wall and it was it was a parking lot and then a, another parking lot, but it was a 10 foot drop from the top parking lot to the second one. And you had to jump over this little ledge to go down, you know, down the wall. And the 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 
blacktop was all gravelly and shit, so it was bad. So I go flying up to this thing, and I again, I was the kid that jumped every gap, you yep. know. So I just fearless balls to the wall jump this Sent thing it. yeah and at about eight feet in the air i decided i'm not gonna land this and i kicked my board away <laughs> yep and now you're supposed to when you fall do this thing called tuck and roll i did this thing called drop and flop yeah and then slide yeah and then i couldn't walk for two weeks yeah splat and die <laughs> <laughs> Landed dead nuts on my hip bone. Couldn't fucking walk for two weeks. I got pretty lucky with the whole biking situation where I didn't... I grew up on dirt bikes, so I already had, like, the situational awareness of, like, where my line was. Mm -hmm. And I didn't cross it too often. A couple of my friends did, like, one of our buddies did a real (laughs) ungraceful move out at like this area of Port Huron right on the river where there's a bunch of Pine Grove Park. Yeah, a bunch yeah. of concrete. It's it's like weird kind of postmodern architecture where it's like a bunch of blocks with steps to get right. down to the water. We used to skate there. That place is <laughs> awesome to skate. Really cool riding and skating and, you know, lots of different terrain. Well, the, one of the blocks, it's like a six-foot drop straight down to concrete riverfront. And... I see him riding around on the top of it. I think he's just sizing it up, you know, because he's riding real slow. And then he doesn't stop. (laughs) And then as his wheel drops off the side of this embankment, essentially, he tries to save it by pulling up on the handlebars. But that only succeeds in pulling his face harder into the pavement. Oh, So, yeah, he was all messed up, gets up, you know, it's just, you know, where's my glasses? I'm like there and there and there and in your face. all over the place. Yeah. And then we have to ride around the rest of the night with him looking like, you (laughs) know. Like he got beat the hell up. Yeah. Like he was at a a meeting of the Juggalos, like with face makeup on, but then also got jumped. Like that's how messed. Like his the whole side of his face was just red and then black with dried blood. We ended up getting stopped by a cop later that night. That was like, "What the hell happened to you, kid?" And he's just like, "I I fell honestly. Like I fell." Oh my god. That same night, another one of our buddies, we were riding behind the post office. I don't know if you guys ever skated over there. No, I don't think so. And it makes sense because it's so big that it's only really doable on something you can get as fast as... A bicycle, Yeah, like, it it was like a 15 or 16 stair, or no, it was 18 stair, but it was like stair and a half. Okay. Length. Okay. You know, so the real long boys, still the same height, but like, you take two steps per step right kelvin just sent the whole thing sorry you don't no no last name involved yeah yeah i didn't even really know we rode bikes with any like seriousness before this night but just the fearlessness of this scent is remarkable he landed it are you kidding he landed it but he landed so hard 
it blew the rich wristwatch off his wrist <laughs> and like snapped his chain on his bike. Like he landed so hard. But he jumped an 18 stair. Yeah, it was oh the biggest god. send I've ever seen in my life. Oh my god, that's wild. Like it looked like something like you would see with a fisheye cam on like Transworld BMX right, or right. something. Just you know, I would otherworldly maybe i'm misremembering it and making it bigger than it is now in my head but even back then we just couldn't believe we thought he was just gonna like jump halfway down and just kind of ride him because it was kind of shallow like that right. or you, you could, could just ride it with a bike you could just land in the stair set and just right. ride out of it right but no this motherfucker landed he too flat <laughs> i can't believe those pedals stayed intact dude i saw a guy jump in the river one time at pine grove park just to chase his board or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he tried jumping that one stair set and lost his board. Yep. And it flew off and went off into the river. And he did where, like, he jumped the stair set and he lost his board, but he landed on his feet. Yeah. So as he la- he lands on his feet and he's, like, running after his board, dude didn't miss a fucking beat, yep. dude. His his board... Went right past the point of no return yeah, into the water. <laughs> his Okay, so his board goes flying under that guardrail, because yep. there's that guardrail there at the river. Yep. His board goes under the rail, goes into the river. This dude, like I said, kicks his board away, lands on his feet, starts running Leroy Jenkins! Exactly, dude. <laughs> he just grabs onto the railing and just fucking jumps into the Detroit River. I'm like, are you, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> and you, we all run to the, to the railing, to the riverfront. Cause we're like, dude, we just watched a guy jump in the fucking river. Like yeah. what is going on? And it's like a nine or seven mile an hour current. Right. You look down current and he like a quarter mile downstream, he comes out and he's got his fucking board. <laughs> He's got his fucking Jesus. skateboard. That dude, it was crazy. And he just climbs out and he walks the quarter mile back to Pine Grove Park and starts skating again. <laughs> just waterlogged deck. What, yeah, are just... you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Squeaky ass shoes. That was probably one of the like when in my skateboarding days. That was probably one of the craziest things I've ever seen. It was wild, dude. He must not have been from around there, Maybe or must, from there or, his yeah. whole life. And he knew that there was a current, and yeah, because if you don't know and you jump in there, you can die. You'll it'll freak kill, out. It'll kill you. Well, there was that raft off thing that I think is now like canceled permanently because it cost Detroit like possibly hundreds of thousands of dollars. Why? Well, they do you know what raft off is, right? The, yeah, they, wasn't like, that like a big party or something? Yeah, and like people that? like float down the river. Right. Well, they ended up floating mm-hmm. and getting blown into the Canadian side into the. Sh- <laughs> they got blown into the shipping channels and were getting blown in between the seawall and barges and ships oh. to where they could get crushed and shit. Like the Coast Guard had to go out and pull a bunch of people. <laughs> like it was bad, dude. Like okay. When you go to Port Huron and them freighters go by, yeah. it, that's no fucking joke, yeah, dude. Yeah, like, they were blown into the shipping channels. Oh, my God. Like, it was an international ordeal, like, where, like, shipping was shut down. <laughs> because a bunch of drunk assholes on yeah. some rafts were floating down the Detroit River. Yeah, a bunch of Bobs and Tammies and Tinas and, and <laughs> Phils were just, you know, sucking down, you know, 
Bud Light. Bud Lights and, you know, having their tasties and having a good time and... <laughs> fuck. Got blown into a boat prop. I th- you know what? <laughs> that sounds right, actually. I think I did hear something about, like, a bunch of rafts getting blown into the Canadian side of the, of the river. And- yeah. Oh, Jesus criminy. And that's scary, dude. Yeah, dude, because them freighters are huge. Yeah, and I'm sure I'm butchering this story because it's, like, something that I heard from somebody else that was in a newspaper and, you know, from 35 years ago. But um, a close childhood friend of mine, I guess their uncle, like, went and got some refurbished old fishing boat, sailed it back up the coast, and... In through, I think, you know, what it, what it would be, the St. Lawrence that connects the ocean with yeah, the Great Lakes. Yeah, but a pretty big obstacle involved called Niagara Falls. Well, how do you get ships from the oceans to the Great Lakes? Is there a way around? Well, yeah, actually, yeah. No! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's got to be a way around, but... Yeah. Because you I, can't well, take a freighter over the falls. locks and stuff like that, but I don't, I don't know... The Sioux Locks is, I think that's, that's up north. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, but I mean, you're coming in from Canada, I think, from the ocean. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm, I don't know anything about maritime. Me anything. either. <laughs> Anyways, they sailed this thing, I think, from Florida or like the Carolinas back up to Michigan and brought okay. it in. And they were coming through the Detroit River and fell asleep and drifted into the shipping channel or... Anyways, they woke up underwater. <gasps> underneath a ship. Oh my god. Underneath yeah. a freighter? Yeah. They got ran the fuck over. They all lived. But they got pushed under that thing and ran over and they had to pay, you know, however many tens of thousands of dollars to scrape that thing off the bottom of the river. <sighs> oh. Or somehow the shipping company was at fault and they had to pay. Or I'll have to clarify that and come back with that story because it's a wild one. If the shipping company got screwed on that one, that's not fair, because how do you just hard deport a fucking right. <laughs> shipping freighter, you know what I mean? Yeah, versus a tiny little, like, fishing trawl. Right. That some jackass bit. fell asleep on. Yeah. <laughs> I just I woke up, on just waking up underwater. Yeah, that's wild, Jesus man. Christ, that'd wild. be terrifying. And then, like, the fucking... Lakes were so high this year, like Jobby Nooner was just like there was no island or right. anything from what I heard. Well, yeah, the lakes have been over for a while now, for a couple of years. Oh, yeah. When we went to, like, where we went to Saugatuck back in, you know, five, six, seven years ago, like that, where we stayed used to be like 150 yards of beach out to Lake Michigan. Okay. And when we were there, it was literally like, the seawall dune straight down to the beach, and then you had, like, three feet wow. of beach, and the lake was right there. And it was, like, eroding all of that dune wall and everything like that. Wow. Like, everything's rising. When we were down in Florida, I mean, it was hurricane damage from that that we were seeing, I think. But there'd just be just, like, a ten-foot sand cliff. In the middle of the beach. Really? Yeah. And that's uh, from just the hurricanes? Wall. Yeah, just pounding the beach. Wow. Wow. I'm glad I don't live... I don't I don't have to worry about that. It's just wild, dude. I'm so glad I don't have to worry about that crap. 
Well, we had that one over the summer that was like essentially a lake generated hurricane. It was pretty much a hurricane over the Great Lakes. I don't remember that. It was weak, but it was essentially the same formation as a hurricane. Really? Yeah, it's happened a few times. Yeah, I don't remember that. Hmm. And then we got our bomb cyclone winter storms. Mm-hmm. Is that what we're in technically right now because of the frigid temperatures? Yeah. The bomb cyclone? Yeah. It's not, I mean, it's cold, but I mean, people are making a big deal out of this kind of cold like it's a new thing for Michigan. I don't understand it. <laughs> I'm not making a big deal out of no, it. No, not you. Just I just hate humans it. in general. Right. Like it's not a surprise. It gets cold as fuck in Michigan every single year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. Be the month prepared. Of, like the middle of January till like March sucks balls. Like I drive a thirty-year-old <laughs> van, and like I have a backpack full of like extra base layer clothing yep. and socks and water and like some sort of protein because yep. if my ship breaks down like tonight or not even so much tonight tonight's gonna be warm at 31 <laughs> like last night where it was five right i die right. if i'm not ready <laughs> i just die yeah like if my cell phone's dead you die. Like, out here is remote enough, like, you could die. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. I mean, you might get lucky at five degrees and be able to hoof it to a house. Right. And get warm and get help, or if somebody's home. Right. Yeah, that, oh, God. You get there, nobody's home, and then you're just exposed. Yep. Yeah, could you, like, because my nearest neighbor is a quarter mile in every direction. Yeah. So, just imagine... <clears throat> Say your car broke down in front of my driveway, but my house isn't here. Yeah. Right. Now you got to walk a quarter mile and it's five degrees. Yeah. And it's the only house on the road. Like now add when it's five degrees out and there's any amount of snow on the ground or falling, it turns to dust. And if there's wind, you're you're now in a dust storm and you can't see anywhere. Now. So you walk that quarter mile down to the neighbor's house and they're not home. Yeah. You curl up and die and hopefully, hopefully <laughs> you get the pleasant kind of hypothermia where you get where they warm. find you naked. Yeah, yeah because yeah, you got you get warm, warm. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> or at least you feel like you got warm. Yeah. Dude, that is crazy. Isn't that crazy? Like when you're dying of hypothermia, does it happen every time or does that it? I don't know, but I know it's a thing that happens yeah, enough you, that it's right before you die. You experience this rush of like euphoria, euphoria and you feel your body feels warm. Mm-hmm. They found haven't they found like mountaineers that died of hypothermia naked on mountaintops and stuff. Yep. Yeah, dude, it's it, that's wild. <laughs> it's wild what the body does. I mean, honestly, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's kind of cool, but I mean, I mean, yeah, if you're dying, like if your brain's like, hey, this is over. Right. Before you know that it's over. Right. <laughs> you're like, hmm, all of a sudden I'm warm. Yeah. Just like, all right, let's 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 adjust the settings for this guy and make it a little cozy for him because we're on the way out here. Which way do you think would be worse? Um, hypothermia or starving or starving or thirst? Because, like, with thirst, you go delirious and shit, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you hallucinate after a little while. And it's so much harder to die of hunger. Right, because you can live for, like, two months or something like, without food. Like, I could food. eat my shoe and right. find some protein in there. Right, or at least something to keep 
from your stomach hurting. Yeah. You know, right. Thirst would probably be the worst. But like I said, you might be driven mad before you know how bad it is. Right. Yeah, like like one of those worst nightmare scenarios. And it's not something that I'll ever have to worry about because I don't ever plan on going on a cruise or anything like that. But is like being shipwrecked. Yeah. But not, like, shipwrecked on a deserted island. Like, shipwrecked in the middle of a fucking Pacific Ocean. Yeah. Like, you're just dead power. Yeah. Adrift. You're... No radio contact. Right. No... Your <laughs> mental state at that point. Oh, my God. And you have so many other humans with fragile mental states to deal with. Right. It's like, one thing if it's just you. Like the tragedy of the Indianapolis. Yeah. Think about that, man, where you're in shark infested waters. Like my mind immediately goes to, I'm dead. I'm fucking dead. Yeah. I'm going to (laughs) try and exhale as much as I can. Let myself sink further than I can recover from. And then just try and take a deep breath while I'm underwater. Yep. Yep. Hopefully I black out and die before I'm ripped ripped asunder (laughs) (laughs) by tiger sharks and then at that point cool eat me yeah i mean contribute back to the food chain at least but just the thought of of being out in the middle of the ocean somebody by yourself is like that's horrifying my buddy that i work with we were having a couple pops the other night and he asked me he's like you know what animal would you least like to be killed by? And I just like, <laughs> he was astounded by how quickly I answered. I was just instantly like, a bear. A bear? A hundred percent a bear. Like, really? they just hold you down and start eating you. Like, they don't give a, f- like, if it's a big enough bear, like a coastal brown bear, like, they literally just stand on your chest and pull you apart and then eat you and, yeah. and while you're alive and like they, they don't mind dude they, that's a tough question like a cat would be my first choice big of, cats scare the hell out of me like they don't scare like I, that's the thing i would most like to kill me in the wild if a anything. big cat yeah are you fucking nuts yeah most likely i'll never see it coming and they at least have the the courtesy to choke me to death before they start eating me well, when you put it that way. Or at least way. break my neck. Yeah, when you put it that way. But big cats scare the shit out of me. I mean, man. yeah. They they should, but also, they're the best at killing. So if I want something to kill me, I want the thing that's the best at killing to kill me. That way it's over <laughs> the fastest. <laughs> Dude, that is a tough question, though, because, like, getting... A shark would be horrible. It would be horrible. An alligator would be would horrible. be right up there with... A bear. Yeah, because an alligator But at least you rolls, might drown. Dude. Like, you might suck in enough water that you drown before. Like, mm-hmm. it finishes ripping you apart. Like, a bear just doesn't end until... Until you're dead. Or it crushes your skull. Or, right. you know, like, yeah. It, it, like, it can last a good long while. Right. Depending on where it starts. Oh. Yeah, bear... Hyena would be awful scary. because it's a pack animal and they usually start with a you know start at the butthole and yep yeah coyotes yep. do that too yeah i mean it makes sense yep already hold there <laughs> wow that took a dark turn we're talking about ways to die and, <laughs> i mean you sit here and have enough you know whiskey drinks and enough you know cigarettes <laughs> and uh 
you know, you never know where the conversation ends up. Yeah. I mean, this is the trope of Joe Rogan. Mm-hmm. Apes and bear attacks. Apes and, and bear attacks. <laughs> DMT. <laughs> whatever. Whatever else. You know. Yeah, I don't see. I don't know how I would answer that question because there's a lot of animals that I don't want to get killed by. You know, like wait, 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 what was the question? Was the question that you don't, or would you prefer to get killed by? Least or? want to. Least want to get killed by. Yeah, being pecked to death by birds is up there. I don't know that that's ever happened no, to somebody, dude. but that would be pretty rough. Yeah, that would be pretty rough, but. I think being consumed by ants, like South American fire ants, they can cover so much surface area that it might happen surprisingly fast. I don't know, bro. I feel like it would be pretty fucking horrendous. Yeah. To be literally bitten all over your body until you die. Like, that, and usually with ants, like, the bite, like, it hurts so bad that you might just die of shock pretty quickly. Yeah. Like, your heart just might stop. No. Yeah, when you put it that way. Like, you see in the movies, though, like, they go down their throat and shit. It's like, oh, God. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's another place. I mean, it'd be really cool, but I am not going to the jungle. Not going. No, I jungle doesn't. I mean, it depends on what kind of jungle you're talking about. I definitely want to see like the Philippines and Vietnam, but not like the interior of Vietnam. Right. I want to see like, what's it, How Long Bay or whatever, you know, like where like the crazy islands are. It's like the Dragon Coast or whatever. Okay. It just looks like a bunch of like spear point kind of mountains are jutting up out of the sea with okay. like trees on the top of them and shit. Okay. Looks crazy. It looks like Jurassic Park. Okay. Um, but what about the Amazon? No interest. Yeah, yeah, same here. I mean, unless, like... <laughs> unless I'm part of, like, some National Geographic level funding... Right. You know... Where your chances of getting killed are maybe not slim, but a lot less than... Yeah, like, you really gotta be doing something dumb kind of thing right right but yeah no like being that dude the first guy to traverse the entire length of the amazon yeah like fuck (laughs) i would much rather be the guy you know uh uh what's his name no the guys that like forged the northwest passage Oh, oh like henry hudson and stuff yeah like i mean that's much more my speed Braving the wilds of North America. I'm not built. I'm built for the tundra. Yeah, not the not jungle. The jungle. <laughs> I would much rather deal with, you know, megafauna of the North American type. Right. Bears jaguars and, and, and yeah, snakes and crocodiles mm-hmm. and, you know, fish that want to swim inside of you. Uh, you know... Yeah, what is that one fish where if you pee in the Amazon River, it swims up your dick? I can't ever It's a parasite. Yeah. Nasty barbed thing. Mm -hmm. I have irikanji in my head, but that's not it. That's that (laughs) tiny little box jellyfish that's supposedly, like, the most painful thing ever. 
Yeah. Like, most people that do die from it die from heart failure. From the shock of it. Yeah, because it's just withering pain. And it also, the most curious side effect of a sense of impending doom. Really? How cozy. Really? On top of blinding pain. You So when this jellyfish stings you, you get extreme pain and a sense of serious pain like impending doom yeah inexplicable (laughs) impending doom like i'm going to die this is going to kill me wow (laughs) wow yeah and like they're all over the place for like i i want to say like a good chunk of the summer so like you can't even go in the water in the amazon no in certain parts of australia oh in australia yeah off the coast of australia okay yeah little box jellyfish like the the almost transparent the size of like your thumbnail dude nature's a bitch man dude (laughs) mother nature does not want people in australia apparently not they got death jellyfish dude and it's like It'd be okay if it was one kind, Mm -hmm. but I mean, that's just one of many, (laughs) one of a myriad of things just floating around in the ocean that will kill if not incapacitate you. Yeah, dude. Yeah, the ocean, not for this guy. I've swam in the ocean. It's cool. But the day I swam in the ocean, there was also a shark sighting, yeah. so... And, like, <laughs> like a Portuguese man-of-war is, like, stranger than any alien I could ever dream of. Yeah. Have you ever seen one of those things? No. It just looks like an ins- like an inflated bag of snot Ugh. catching the wind. Like, it has a sail. <laughs> like, an inflated membrane, and then just dangly tentacles floating. It's a jellyfish, but it's nasty (laughs) really painful to get stung by really really painful and surprisingly large for like what you see at the top of the water yeah let me just pull up a picture of one because it's inexplicable (laughs) no not one man of war and it's literally man o war like o apostrophe (laughs) like man o apostrophe war yeah wow that's a good one Yep, no thanks. No yeah. thanks. I don't I don't want to. Yeah, it looks that. like a transparent ravioli. <laughs> with death tentacles. Yeah, with death tentacles, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like something wow. that you would expect to attach to your face that's floating around in an abandoned spaceship. What do they call those things? Uh from face hugger. Yeah, yeah, face huggers, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, no thanks. I'll, I think I'll just stay in North America. Yeah, where I know what, and in Michigan in particular, right, where we don't right. have earthquakes or floods or fires right. or sharks or even salt in our water. Actually, now I can't, you know, uh, back this up in any way, but I have heard that there's been reports occasionally of bull shark bull sharks in Lake Michigan. It's been, like, I feel like it's one of those, like, I don't know if it's a wives' tale, or maybe at one point there was one. Right, like, somehow it swam up the Mississippi River, and... I mean, I guess it could. I mean, they get way up freshwater rivers Mm -hmm. all over the place, all over the world. I think if I'm... I could be wrong about this, but I think if I'm not mistaken, I think a lot of times they'll actually birth in freshwater... Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? As we're starting to figure out more about them, yeah, it's mm-hmm. like we thought it was like a rarity, and we're figuring out that it's no, it's, it's pretty actually com- yeah. pretty common, yeah. yeah. 
like a big ass bull shark to just be chilling in the same river as some dude fucking stand up paddle boarding right you know, with or his fly dog. fishing or something yeah. right yeah and dude. you don't really hear about too many attacks or brushes with humans when they are in those like freshwater tributaries and stuff i think like way back, i think one of the inspirations for jaws actually was a stretch of like 12 days, I think there's a book called 12 Days of Terror, if I'm not mistaken. And it was like 1916 or something. But some, I think it's New Jersey. There's this town in New Jersey. And for like 12 days, there was these ongoing shark attacks. Well, if I remember right, it was either a group of kids or a fisherman that got attacked in a, in a freshwater river by this shark. And they're finding out now that, it, or well, I'm, they found out or they, they speculate that it was a bull shark that did it. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I mean, maybe they are attacking. Maybe they're not in fresh water. But I do remember, I've actually got the book. I, I started it, but never finished it. But There's that other, like orcas, how they just like don't kill us in the wild. Even right. They've had every ample opportunity right. to like. Well, the wild thing about orcas is that they're, dolphins yeah they're actually not a whale they're a dolphin yeah they're the largest dolphin they're like one of my favorite dude i don't know what it is i feel bad for the seal but the videos of those orcas just booting a seal like 30 <laughs> feet out of the water is insane yep. like a seal is a dense little fucking yep it ain't no lot of blubber you right. know like it's like a 70 pound beach ball that thing just launched 30 feet through the air. Well, those things are nuts, dude. They'll take on sharks. Oh, yeah. I mean, orca a shark whales. is nothing to an right. orca. Yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll, if you can, if you're comfortable taking on a shark, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Well, just the brains alone, like a right. shark is like easy peasy seeming for an orca. Just the, the their ability to pack hunt the way they do is just, mm -hmm. just like, they come up with like uh, bubble nets and all. I mean, that's like all a bunch of different dolphins do that. Well, they're like breathe a bunch of bubbles around their prey to like contain them inside. Really? Yeah, it's like a kind of like I said, a bubble nut. And just uh, actually, giant whales will do that too. Now that we found like a uh, not humpback because those are tooth whales. What's the basking whales? They have the big like grill thing that catches all the fish okay yeah 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 um i know what you're talking about i can't think of the name um anyways like blue whales you okay know, how yep. they they feed but they found where they'll like kind of do a spiral underneath like a school of fish and like the bubbles will as they spiral kind of create like a tunnel of really? bubbles and then yeah they'll just come up through the middle of that tunnel you know, because all the fish are scared of the bubbles and concentrated into a little tight ball. And they'll and just, just whoa. Whoa, yeah. Huh. Oh, you learn something new every day. But yeah, dude, <laughs> whales are so freaking impressive with how smart they are. It's kind of creepy how big of assholes we've been to them for how smart they are. Yeah. Well, there's like that whole, what is it, Douglas Murray or whatever his name is that made Hitchhiker's Guide or wrote Hitchhiker's Guide. Okay. There's like that whole, and I'm, I haven't read the book, so I'm kind of going off the movie here, but, like, there's that whole opening scene, how, like, dolphins are, you know, the intelligent being on our planet, and basically they, you know, do this huge, 
you know, dancing and singing number as they leave the planet and say thanks for all the fish as they depart. Like, <laughs> looking at like the 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 brain makeup of dolphins, how they got like three hemispheres essentially to their brain, and like the cerebral folding is way way more intense than ours. Really, which is like how you can look at the physical structure of a brain and kind of roughly judge intelligence of a right. creature. But yeah, it, it's it's so much more complex than our own brain. I and knew just, that they were exceptionally intelligent, but I didn't know that. Yeah. Corvids, too. I think they just were granted sentience. What's a corvid? Like ravens. Really? And stuff like that. Yeah, because they're, they're super smart. Huh. Like self-awareness sentience? Yeah. Really? Like games and mirrors and like, yeah. Wow. Are dolphins considered I don't sentient? I think so. That's the weird part. Huh. I don't really know. Let me see. Yeah, look it up. Are dolphins considered sentient? Okay. Fizz.org. Scientists say dolphins should be treated treated as non-human persons. Wow. <laughs> Can you dive a little deeper on that real quick? Yeah, I'll do my best. Like I said, I'm just reading it for the first time. Could be the most intelligent creatures on Earth after humans, saying the size of their brains in relation to the body size is larger than that of our closest relatives, chimpanzees. Their behavior suggests complex intelligence. Yeah, this is just an overview. One second. Distinct personalities and self-awareness. They can think about the future. Research also confirmed that dolphins have complex social structures with individuals cooperating to solve difficult problems or to round up shoals of fish to eat, and with new behaviors being passed from one dolphin to another. So, yeah, I would say that that's, like, <clears throat> sentience. That's self-awareness. I'd say they're for sure sentient. And basically, like, if we judged all of nature on its ability to manipulate its surroundings, kind of like we do ourselves, that's why we hold ourselves to such high esteem as far as intelligence. Right. Like, a beaver would be number two, but, um, <laughs> you know, dolphins have no need to manipulate their environment outside of eating fish right yeah because they're kind of perfectly built for their environment how do we measure their intelligence like no they're not building nuclear reactors but they don't need to right who's the dummy here <laughs> me that has to go fucking you know unclog a toilet at three in the morning to pay my bills right or the thing that's just fucking riding waves and eating fish and occasionally swimming away from sharks and shit or swimming at them and or fucking them up. Or swimming at them, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, literally, no real natural predators right. outside of, you know, an orca might go at a dolphin sometimes. I, I would, I think they do, actually. I think, mm -hmm. I think, I don't know about cannibalism, but I think, like, orcas will eat dolphins. Other I wonder if they'll even go after them just out of sport. Could be to yeah, see if they they're, can. They're fun to catch. They're fucked up animals, man. They <laughs> really dark. are like brutal animals. <laughs> they're dark, <laughs> especially when they've been kept in a cage for too long and they just decide to drag their trainer to the bottom to see what Blee it does. Willy. Dude, <laughs> those fucking the reports of those orca attacks in those cages are dark. Like Sea World, those trainers, like or the one up in Canada in particular that 
I haven't Joe heard about Rogan's this. had the guy that quit and was the whistleblower about that place a couple times. I didn't hear about this. What's this? Uh, there were several attacks between. I think it's owned by the same people as SeaWorld, possibly. Um, let me see. Joe Rogan episode that talks about orcas. Phil Demers is his name. 1297. He's been on a few times, honestly. Marineland in Canada. Okay, and it was like a sea world? Yeah, and they were particularly heinous with like their animals and like lobbying to keep their ability to keep these animals and like breeding these animals in captivity to get around the fact that they weren't allowed to, you know, take them from the wild. Wow. And, you know, like, these animals were really fucked up and occasionally would break and, like I said, just start playing with its trainer, essentially, the way orcas play. Right. Whoa. Where you're now their chew toy. Right, and they drag you to the bottom of the tank. They may not mean to be killing you, but they don't care if you live or die. They're just dragging you to the bottom of the tank to see what you'll do. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah it's it's gnarly 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 well and it's a thing that until previously you had a wonderful relationship with and like was working to do tricks with and you thought you were its buddy and then all of a sudden you're its chew toy yeah and you're 30 feet underneath the water with people looking at you through a fucking window could you imagine be i mean i honestly i don't think like i don't mind the zoo but when i'm at the zoo you can definitely see that the animals aren't happy i don't like the zoo but i understand that a few should probably exist right and they do serve some if they're ran properly and funded well, serve to protect endangered species, help foster, like, recoveries of species. Right. Provide an environment where we've raped and pillaged the environment it came from, and it can only exist on this one place in the world. Right, right. You know, shit like that, you know. It's almost like the British Museum of Animals, you know, kind of thing, where, like... We raped and destroyed that culture to the point where it no longer exists, but here we, we kept a few tokens for you to look at. <laughs> but yeah, it with ocean creatures, like it I uh, a a a swimming pool is not big enough for a whale. No. You know what I mean? No, like, there's no way you can ever convince me that that's a good idea. Right. right. A, a fish tank raised clownfish. I can conceptualize because in the ocean, in all of the ocean, a clownfish is probably not going to move much farther than the size of this desk. Right, right. And it has the entirety of all of the ocean. Right. (laughs) If you give it a real nice spot with a real nice anatomy and a real nice tank, it's going to be living life. Like, it's not much smaller than its existence in the ocean anyways right and it's literally a perfect predator free little chunk of the ocean right so it's honestly probably living its best life (laughs) but a but a orca in in a giant swimming pool that that to me it just yeah or even cichlids like 
cichlids i felt bad having an anything under than a hundred gallon which is the size of this chunk of desk here okay because i mean they're a huge i mean if you let them get huge if you put them in something the size of this basement some of them would get this big wow and they're predatory fast fish okay you know they're built like Half bass, half barracuda. <laughs> you know, with bright colors. Like, there, okay. there's some really cool-looking cichlid, and they only exist in, like, three lakes on Earth. Um, really? But, yeah, now we've we've tamed them to the point where you can get them at Moyer. Right. Like, they're just everywhere, but they're freshwater equivalents of saltwater, like, bright fish. Like, you can get some really cool colored okay, stuff. Okay. I, you remember I used to have yeah, them? Yeah, I used to have them. I bred the electric yellow ones and made some real good coin off of those, but you can get some real pretty, really cool. Wow. Like, wild colors. Something you would think you would see on a reef. Right. But it's in some, like, mud lake in Africa. Really? Yeah. Wow. Well, it's only a mud lake now because they keep draining the fucker. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, on that note, why don't we uh, wrap it up? I didn't even realize so. this last part was recording. <laughs> yeah, dude, so. we're still we're still running. <laughs> so <laughs> thanks again, bud. Yeah. As always, you know the spiel. You're always welcome back. To you're, be continued. You're, you're becoming a regular. Yeah. And we've been going at this one for so long. <laughs> I don't know if I said this in the beginning or not, but I want to say it on air. Uh, which I think I didn't say this on air yet, but I want to say it on air. You know, we've been seeing each other a lot more lately, and I'm really enjoying it. For sure. So you got to keep coming back on. It's Yeah, I'm glad, you, I, I, I glad you came up with an impetus for us to, like, set aside the time and get to make together. it happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I Unfortunately, agree. in your 30s, that's just what you have to do to, like, see people. No, I agree, dude. It's... Eh. We live such a scheduled life. Yeah. You know what I mean? That it's like, I have to schedule everything Well, now. like... I mean, until recently I had, but like you, you have people to like be accountable to where you can't just be like, well, I need four hours to just hang out. Right. You know, we just want to hang out. Yeah. And trust me, like she's cool. She's Mm -hmm. cool with, with me doing this and everything, but I still feel a little bit bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, ugh. But anyway, uh, getting back to closing this thing out again, I'm really enjoying seeing you. So keep coming back. Absolutely. Our our episodes are a lot of fun. So I'll bring some company with me next time. Yeah. Next time we'll have to have another three person because it was fun having Tasha. It was. Even if it's her. Yeah. That was a good time. So. But anyway, uh, thanks everybody again for listening. We wandered again all over the place in this episode, but that's fine. You know the spiel. Check us out on Facebook. Check us out on Instagram. We have an email. Todd will be back, and I'll be back. So until that time, we'll talk to you guys later. See ya.
This episode was brought to you by Northern Enlightenment Studios, a division of Northern Enlightenment Entertainment Media. We hope you have enjoyed this program. Goodbye. In the transmission.